Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefers Initiative. This is the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy the show. We are. We're going. Welcome. Everybody, this is episode 118. Is that right? Yeah, 118. 118. Of the Herpeticulture Podcast, I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Phil Wolf of the Nestures. Yeah, you fuck my shit up every time, bro. Look, we're 32 seconds in, I'm already cursing. Hi, my name is Phil. I'm Justin's cohort, his sidekick. That's all you need to know. I was expecting Justin to go on a long list of all of his accolades. Well, I did last week, but I decided not to this week. Well, you're throwing me the curveball, man. But tonight... Gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> Just go to the sponsors, pal. All right. Well, this show is brought to you by Empty Cages and Exotics. So if you need a rack or you need a incredibly well-built cage, hit up Sean. He's going to be on our side of the, the country here soon. I'm yeah. pretty pumped about it. Absolutely. Already talking to him about beaded lizard setups. Going to make that happen. And uh, Steve Snakeshuary and his Venom Hot Sauce. The Cottonmouth Sauce is where it's at. We tell you all the time. Uh, if you get his hot sauces, you are helping him uh, do public outreach, helping with his rescue, rehabbing animals that are brought to him. Um, he has a handful of educational animals that he has to maintain. So when you buy these hot sauces from him, you're helping him do his thing and fight the good fight on horrible information that gets passed around by the general public. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize this, but when he gets an animal that he you know, rescues or for really rehabilitation or what have you, 99% of the time, he winds up keeping that animal for the entirety of its life or for a very long time. A lot of his animals don't get rehomed because they're not ideal for keepers or pets or what have you. So he amasses this large collection of you know unwanted uh, toys, so to speak, you know, the island of misfit toys, and it, it costs money to maintain that. So... Help him out, get some hot sauce, and you know, educate the youngsters. But he's also a good dude because he's a firefighter and an EMT, and he's absolutely you know, he's, he's always doing stuff with the public, whether it's saving them or educating. Um, oh yeah, uh, new, yeah. Real quickly, too, new issue of Herpeticulture Magazine just came out today. It was issue eighteen. Uh, please go check that out on the Herpeticulture Magazine Facebook page, herpeticulturemagazine.com. Uh, and actually, who we have tonight with us was recently featured in one of our issues, and that is Mr. Justin Eldon and Dane Conley of the Highlands and Islands Conservatory. Yeah. How are we doing? What's up, guys? Whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing. I am, uh, I apologize in advance. It has been a long day. I'm on the sleepy side, but hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get waking up here a little bit as we go through. I'm trying to just crawl back to zero at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm drinking the wrong thing. I'm drinking the, the <laughs> Russian lager instead of a instead of caffeine. So, but I will we'll be all right. We'll get through it. Do they do beers good as well as they do vodka? I'm not a huge vodka guy. Uh, I'm I'm not huge into vodka, so I'm the last person to really ask about that. I like Armenian vodka a lot just because it tastes like water. Um, but I don't know. I just the the idea of putting putting light beer into a plastic bottle is something that American markets have not jumped on yet. And I don't understand why, because it is the most convenient, you know, I have this, this more than a liter's worth of 
Yeah. Delicious. Cheap <laughs> Delicious. beer. And, and cheap, yeah, and cheap Russian beer is way better than like cheap crappy American beer too, in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a beer snob, but uh, Baltica is it's good stuff. Considering I'll have like to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hook, nice. hook, hit up your uh, your local Russian grocery place; they'll, they'll probably have it. All right. And uh, and and Dane, you're you're allowed to talk, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't want to just like talk over Justin. Or just jump in there. Yeah, no, I no, yeah. He, he's fronted a lot of the work for uh, uh, this organization, so I, I'd let him go first. Uh, I feel like right. it'd be rude to do otherwise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So just a, Fearless, just a so. brief, brief overview of of who you are. You know, general intros. We try not to get too deep into how you got into reptiles and stuff, just because. Oh yeah. I feel like everyone's the same anyway. Forward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's. I like dinosaurs as a kid. Yeah. We, we <laughs> join the club. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm Justin, and uh, uh. So I just my background. Um. I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, where I got my zoology uh, learnings in. Um, and I worked for the herpetology lab down there for quite a while, doing a lot of work with amphibian chytrid fungus throughout the state of Illinois, and doing a lot of work with aquatic salamander species, uh, mostly siren in Southern Illinois. I now have a day job. I work for a major zoo here in, in the area, and I've been incredibly lucky, you know, along with working with, with animals at the institution, I do quite a bit of field work internationally, um, as well as locally. Uh, I wear a variety of other hats in the, in the herp world. I, I'm an officer and on the board for the International Herpetological Symposium, um, which if you've never been to IHS, you should go. It's the best herp symposium in the world. Um, I'm on the IUCN Viper Specialist group uh that's cool and a yeah a couple a couple other hats here and there but highlands and islands is my and our uh collaborative conservation research group um that dane is is one of my main right hand mans for uh, that organization and I'll, I'll shut up so dane can get some words in here oh appreciate it buddy um <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm Dane. I recently graduated from Christopher Newport University. I got a degree in biology. Uh, did research there with uh, scolopora species with uh, ultraviolet light and their thermoregulative behavior. And just got accepted into grad school at Virginia Tech. So decided to work with that. Uh, be working with uh, ecological diseases, uh, pretty much mainly of snakes. Um, so Here's to watching a lot of SFD tear some snakes up. Um, looking very forward to that. Um, but I currently work for uh, as a assistant biologist. Uh, work with pretty much turtles and snakes all day, and real bummed that I'm going to grad school because I've been doing that position for five years, and uh, it's best job I've ever had. And it's gonna be real sad leaving that to focus fully on school. I mean, got to take that step eventually. Yeah. Uh, I've known Justin here for, oh, my God, how long, how long has that been? I mean, probably too long, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately for you, way too long. <laughs> uh, it's probably like 10 years now, but, um, yeah, eventually you're just like, hey, these herp trips, uh, maybe we should, like, 
do something like productive with it and instead of just spending a bunch of money yeah. on uh trips in it i mean yeah. it's fun and all uh, but it's i don't know it's it's good to have a direction of uh let's do something productive with it yeah and, yeah so so dane is my is is my field herping buddy and anytime i'm trying to scheme a trip Dane is one of three or four dudes that I immediately hit up and I'm like, Hey, I, I got a plan. We're going here. We're doing this. Um, and yeah, Highlands and Islands just kind of, you know, I I've been all over the world with, with Dane and, and some of the other guys that are helping with our group. And it just, we're, we're all involved in the, in the herpetology world as our day jobs. Right. Um, and it became very clear that, you know, collectively we could do a lot for these animals that we love so much in the wild where they live along with the people that work with them and the habitat they live in. Uh, so that's kind of where Highlands and Islands came from was, you know, we're, we, we still, you know, I, I'm still very much a recreational fielder. I enjoy going places, finding animals, taking photos and, you know, having that experience. Um, but my the, the 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 blood that keeps me going is wildlife conservation and biology. So, you know, again, we've all we're all doing this stuff on, you know, in, in other capacities. Anyway, it made sense for us to join forces and, you know, do some do some good for these animals that we love so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. I mean, like there's so many species that need attention, you know, and that's. I know it's it's always tough to get people to to care, you know, and this, when you especially when you're talking about when you have species like Jamaican boas up against pandas, <laughs> it's tough, you know, it's a tough. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, uh, but I mean, I I really, you know, what you you guys do and and Mike Clarkson and and that gang, uh, you know, just the the willingness to to just put as much as you can into something like that it's it's impressive i don't know that i could i could do it um it's I mean, literal boots you, on the ground yeah but i mean what like yeah. what's the was there a point in particular that that you decided like i have to start something like this and and do something to to help in any capacity like was there a certain it, it, point? Was, it was an idea that had been floating around in my head for a long time um uh, I, I'd been throwing ideas around with, you know, with, with Dane and some of our other guys about like, Oh, it'd be cool to, to do this. It'd be cool to do that. Um, I can't, there's not really a, 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 you know, one moment that, you know, the lightning struck and I decided, Oh, we need to, to do this. It just, it kind of fell into place and it's been a slow, gradual, you know, snowball that's been accumulating downhill. Um, I guess uphill in this case, but, uh, yeah, no, there's no one thing that led to it. Just there's a lot of animals that I'm very interested in. Um, and I want to work with them in some capacity. And, you know, same with 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 my guys and help out with it. So it just it, it made sense to, you know, start stuff here and there. Yeah, I, I'm glad Justin took initiative with it, uh, because just being in the field, I mean, you see habitat getting destroyed all the time. And it's like, wow, I feel pretty powerless in this situation, uh, getting all excited, like, oh, man, let's go to one of my favorite sites. Like, it's great habitat. And then you show up in his parking lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. And, and that's happening here in the U.S. It's happening in Central America. It's happening. So it's it's happening literally everywhere. And you know, the the more you know, yeah, it's there's a lot that needs to be done. And you know, if if we put a couple drops into a bucket here or there, you know, it's maybe we'll get a bucket full <laughs> of some wholesomeness here eventually. And so you guys, it seems like you have a, a lot of focus, at least on sort of the montane venomous stuff in, in Central America. Um, but you also have some other projects that are sort of, I mean, it's highlands and islands, you know, it's a little bit of both. So what are you, yeah. what species are you currently so, yeah, focusing so, on? So, so the name, um, I, I, the, the name itself comes from uh, a, I, I could go on about where the name comes from. Uh, there's, it, it's, it's more in depth than just, oh, they like things that live in insular and montane environments, but I, I, I won't get into that. But uh, yeah, the name encompasses what we're trying to do. And that is work with animals that live in montane habitats and insular island habitats, because especially when it comes to herd, these animals are often endemic, often endangered, and in many cases, not studied very much. Um, and there's a lot of information gaps that need to be filled in. So the the, the main uh, kind of flagship species for the organization is the yellow blotch palm pit viper, Bothriacosarifer. It's a species that lives in the mountains in Chiapas in Mexico, as well as Guatemala. And that's in Guatemala is where we're doing um, the most with these guys. We're working with local biologists down there to learn more about them, right? Because you, you can't really help to protect something unless you know about it. And not a whole mm -hmm. lot has been done with these animals in the wild. So doing population assessments at private preserves, um, looking at the natural history behaviors, that's, those are things that we need to know because those things directly affect management strategies that go towards the conservation of these animals. And in the process of, you know, trying to learn about RFR, you get a lot of information on other species too. Um, at the preserve that we've been working in, there's there's dozens of critically endangered species of frog, uh, reptile, abronia. Yeah, there's two abronia species that that live at, the, at this particular spot. I mean, there's there's a lot of species that you know are being learned about in the process of you know collecting data on this one snake species. Um, but it's it's not just the arfer. You know, arfer is always going to be special. It's a very special snake. I've been mm -hmm. obsessed with those snakes since I was a little kid. Um, and Dane, I'm sure, you know, Dane is what, well, uh, both Rekis in general, it's it's an amazing group of snakes. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is kind of the one that we're, we're spending the most time with. It'd be fantastic to, to focus on some other species in the future. Um, bicolor in Guatemala, potentially Thalassinus. Uh, but for, for now, just, just the Arifer is what we're doing, the, the real work with, you know, maybe little things here or there in the future, but that's where the, the majority of that effort's going into. But then we, we, we do some work with some other stuff. Um, we've got some stuff going in the Caribbean with West Indian boas, Jamaican boas. Uh, primarily, we're, we're kind of where that project started, but we're potentially going to go a different direction with it. Um, and then we do small grant programs where we offer smaller grants to facilities and researchers that are doing work 
with herps and we we've got a couple other things in the works too so yeah we're, we're kind of all all over the place but uh you know the the main emphasis is species of reptile that are endangered or rare that are living in these montane you know mountain habitats whether that be cloud forest you know high elevation rainforest um what have you and then insular things and you know as of for now in the caribbean predominantly yeah it's funny how we've we've sort of at least lately gravitated towards a lot of the montane stuff you know having dr messenger on a couple of weeks ago talking about china and how how difficult some of those places are to to look around and try and find stuff just because the landscape is is just so insane it's oh yeah it's it's there's a reason why these mountains in mexico and guatemala and honduras and all and and down into to colombia and ecuador there's a reason why every time someone starts poking around they're finding new species or they're mm-hmm. rediscovering things because it's so hard to get in there. And once you get, once you do get in there, you know, it's, it's a gold mine for a lot of these things, which mm-hmm. is, it's, it's great that it is so hard to get in there um, because that's part of the reason these populations are doing better than, yeah. you know, some of the other populations that are a little closer to, you know, human settlements and whatnot. But it's also, it's also difficult because, you know, you posted a picture earlier on Instagram of a volcano that was, for lack of a better word, erupting. And you, who knows if there was something endemic to that one mountain, you know? And all of a sudden, it's arguably just gone. Now, that's natural disaster. It's a little out of our hands. But we were talking with, like Justin was saying with Kevin Messenger about how you have, you know, two peaks that are two hills or two mountains that are a quarter of a mile apart. And they're completely different animals on each mountaintop. And nobody ever realizes that. Nobody ever. Nobody knows yeah, that, that like, stuff like that exists. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah, the yeah. fact that you guys are focusing and, and you know educating people on that, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. No. Thanks, man. I. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Th- th- thanks. Yeah. We 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 love these animals, and we we want to do what we can to to help them. Huh. What's the sort of the current state of of Arifer? I mean, in terms of population, there there are populations of them that are doing well. They are locally abundant in some places. Um, so, like in Mexico, they were they had not been seen in Mexico for a long, long time. Uh, and over the last you know decade or, or whatnot, uh, they've been rediscovered. The the herp and Mex guys have have found them and you know done quite a bit with looking at them in, in Chiapas. Um, I believe, but uh, pr- pretty much anything that lives in a very um, delicate habitat, such as a cloud forest, it's a great candidate to get wiped off the planet. Um, as cl- so, for example, um, this is kind of related, sort of kind of not related. Cloud forests in general aren't aren't doing well, and a lot of them aren't going to be around for much longer. We were at Via Blanca in Costa Rica. It's a private cloud forest preserve. And we walked out one morning and it was typical cloud forest conditions, right? It was cold and wet and it felt great. The next morning, the sun poked out a little bit and I was sweating my butt off. And like I talked to one of the one of the biologists there and he was like, well, come here. I want to show you something. And he pulled out a fertilance in a jar. And he, he showed it to me and he was like, yeah, these are slowly starting to show up here because as climate change 
affects these cloud forests. Mm -hmm. Some species move up, yeah. But yeah. the species that are already up here, for, for lack of for not getting super into it, these species that are here, if their habitat is hotter than it used to be, they've got to go somewhere, and eventually you can't go up anymore. So yeah, you know yeah. that was a great. That's kind of when it clicked. That was a long time ago, but that's kind of when it clicked to me that oh, these a lot of these things are not going to be around for forever um and yeah it's it's a shame no is that just from your observation is that just the planet getting a little warmer in those spots or is it pollution like smog and stuff like that um it's it's primarily just just the the planet is getting warmer in some places drier in some it's getting warmer places where it used to be cool it's getting drier in places it used to be wet and if you have an animal that's evolved for hundreds of thousands, millions of years to live in this habitat where it's, you know, for example, cool and wet. And then you start throwing a couple days in there when it's hot and dry and then a couple more. And eventually you, you know, you're, you're, you're messing with that animal's daily functioning to the point where it's harder for them to persist. And these, uh, these types of agriculture aren't exactly helping either. Uh, when we were in Guatemala, they had these like ornamental plants they're growing like, uh, do you remember what they're called, Justin? Or they just, I there was like, yeah, Europe and uh, parts of Asia, but they're pretty much just bulldozing like entire like mountainsides for these plants because they do really well in these cool climates and it's it's moist and um, I mean, they can't really grow them anywhere else in that area. And it's profitable for the farmers. Um, but unfortunately for the species that only live in those areas, it's, mm -hmm. It's pretty rough because um, yeah. I mean, cloud forests don't really experience just mass deforestation naturally. You don't really typically have like forest fires or um, things yeah, like that. It's too, it's too wet. Yeah. And it's, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of these, again, it doesn't matter where you go. Climate change is affecting animals. Habitat destruction is affecting wildlife it's it's a lot of things are in trouble from a variety of things all kind of coming together at one time um so yeah it's it's a shame and especially when you when you you know like dane was saying with these ornamental plant farms like you you're seeing the the rainforest or the cloud forest rather being you know cut down right in front of your face like where there used to be cloud forests and a lot of these really endangered species used to be there's there's these farms and you, you and can't blame the people like they got to make a buck right. they got to make a dime it's a hard position uh, yeah for yeah. sure and if and if i woke up tomorrow and had a billion bucks in the bank account i'd just be bankrolling families so they didn't you know so they could go back mm -hmm. to you know you know they wouldn't have to do that to their to their to their homes um but yeah i yeah it, it yeah. sucks man we we heard similar stuff from uh, Dale Natouche talking about how in, in West Papua, looking at like chondra python population, for lack of a better word, and how there's so many being field collected and, and wild caught for pet trade or science or whatever, but that doesn't hold a candle to them doing oil palm plantations and just bulldozing jungle. So, you know, yeah, it's, for it's sure. a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the yeah habitat destruction, that's the, the number one it's it's not good for these animals right habitat destruction is is single-handedly the worst thing for 
rare and endangered reptile and amphibian species. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I participate in the pet trade. I keep and breed snakes privately. Um, and you know, the, the, the pet trade puts a dent in things to an extent too, but it, it, it's, yeah, it, habitat destruction is really where it's at. That's where the vast majority of the detriment to these animals is coming from. Mm-hmm. Or at least in general, there's some populations, some some species they, they have such a limited distribution anyway that if you take ten animals out of the out of that population, yeah, it's it's going to affect them. But in in general, yeah, for sure, absolutely. So what I'm curious too about is as far as Bothriacus goes, like what's is there is there some sort of a a notable I guess ranking in terms of like rarity of of what's in more trouble than others like. I know Marchi is a is a big one. Um, bicolor, I love. Um, you know the the rally eye. Um, you know Arfer, and I know there's some other ones. I mean, what's how do the other species compare to Arfer in terms of numbers and what's how much trouble they're in? So so Dane, so a lot of these animals, the IUCN is categorized as uh, endangered, critically endangered, least concerned, what have you. Um, but again, a lot of these animals are just, there hasn't been a whole lot of work done with them in the last couple decades. So it's, it's kind of a guess in some cases, or it's being based off of populations that are well known. Right. Um, and Dane, correct me if, if you disagree, but I would like, I, I, in, as far as I'm aware, the, uh, like lateralis and nigrovirtus and Westeros in Costa Rica, those guys are doing okay because there's so much habitat that's protected for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Schlegelei is, or, or what we call Schlegelei today, is doing very well because they have such a wide distribution. Give it a couple of years, and once the genetics comes out on those and they're broken up into different species, like we might be finding that some of the, the what we once called Schlegelei in Colombia and Ecuador, for example, it may turn out that some of those are critically endangered. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, Schlegelei is doing very well. I mean, you know, people go to Costa Rica on family vacations and they'll see a eyelash viper you know they're, they're, they're doing very well and they live in a lot of different you know habitats all over the place um rally in mexico those do not they have such a limited distribution and they're, they're very rare they're very uncommon those are those are very endangered snake and then some of the stuff um like the marchi the thalassinus the guy for Roy, a lot of those animals we, we really don't know too much about them there's you i think endangered has been thrown out for some of them and vulnerable has been thrown out for some of them but a lot of them we, we really just don't know um especially with like some of the the thalassians of Kaifer, those have not been described for very long so as you know time goes on folks in central america start working with those we'll we'll know a little more about them i think justin's spot on the money uh yeah, like Rally Eye, um, Bicolor, Thalassinus. Like those species, they're in, in difficult to reach areas. And a lot of those areas are also hazardous. Um, so it's difficult to get research at these locations. But you just don't see many observations of these species mm-hmm. compared to others. And and a lot of that is due to like isolated populations and, I mean, uh, montane species yeah so you, you're not seeing roadkill for them or um things you would with a lot of other 
like lowland species. Right. Um, in in, in your in your, in your episode you did with Kevin, uh, or sorry, Doctor Messenger. <laughs> Kevin's Kevin's awesome. He he, yes. he he probably won't uh, wouldn't be able to pick me out of a two person lineup, but I I talked to him quite a bit. Um, at one point, I was thinking about doing my my masters with species in the Florida Keys, and he's done a bit of stuff down there. He's he's such a cool. He's he's awesome. Um, but uh, but in, in the episode you did with him, he touched on uh, Conrad Niebert, who's a herpetologist who does he he does stuff all over the place. But one of his more notable publications that uh, resonates with me because I'm I'm very interested in old world vipers specifically vipera polias monty vipera macro vipera he did a publication in eastern turkey looking at so uh, different populations of rock vipers in the genus monty vipera and he expanded the the known distribution of these animals 10 15 fold um so monty vipera vagneri the the turkish oscillated mountain viper we thought they lived in one tiny place it turns out they live they have a much wider distribution. So with some of these, you know, and it, it, it goes for all these species across the world, not just things that we're interested in. It may turn out that, yeah, well, yeah, their distribution is a lot wider than we thought it is, um, which is great. But in the process of that, you also might find out like, oh, yeah, they, they do, in fact, live here. But that population is going to be bulldozed <laughs> for, a, for a copper mine in two weeks or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So a lot of times you, you find out stuff at the right time at the, you know, two, sometimes when it's too late. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to be looking around and trying to find, find this stuff again, piecing together the gaps in information we have on these animals is vital for the preservation and the conservation of them, along with empowering the local people that live with them, work with them, encounter them on a daily basis, making sure they have the tools and the knowledge to you know, really understand what they have and appreciate it and whatnot. Um, that, that's what I can't really understand is like Costa Rica seems to have figured out, Hey, we have something special. We can use this in a, in a way that's, you know, going to help us financially, but also it's going to be sustainable. How come other countries don't seem to be adopting that, that sort of model uh, with, without getting too political, a lot of it, unfortunately, has <laughs> yeah. to do, a, a lot of it. No, unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with, imperialism and colonialism i mean a lot of these countries in central america got wrecked by you know fruit companies back in the day and it yeah it's i mean costa rica definitely they have the infrastructure for sustainable ecotourism and people flock down there to see this stuff and i and i see that i see it happening with other countries too like i would not for example, Nicaragua. Nicaragua is starting to, they've had a rocky past politically, but more. Yeah, even year, recently. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. year, more and more people are going down there for birding, for herping to a lesser extent, but for birding and just, you know. Um, it affected the uh, it affected the cigar industry not that long ago when. Oh no, kidding! You know, a lot of really? yeah, a lot of the really? a lot of the yeah. people in the factories and stuff just went on strike just because gotcha. you know yeah. what was going on. So. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that's, that's a good segue into a big, so we're, we're interested in conservation, right? To, to, we're interested in conservation and field, field work. And when I say conservation, like I don't, I don't want to just, I don't like throwing that word out willy nilly. I, I like to 
have a very clear, yes, this is benefiting the species. And a lot of times it takes time. You, you can't just wake up one day and say, I want to benefit Arafur in Guatemala. It, it doesn't, it takes time. You have to learn, you have to build relationships, you have to build trust, you have to study and work. So it, it takes time. It also takes money. To do this stuff, it takes money. So whenever we were brainstorming Highlands and Islands, you know, we, we came up with some from a business side of things like, okay, well, you know, how can we raise money um, to get to funnel back into our field projects? And ecotourism is an industry that it's, it's you know, it's starting to get to the her, her, field herping is starting to get to the point where it's almost catching up with birding. And birding, you know, it's it's not if you go to Costa Rica or anywhere in South America, you got birder lodges, birder tours, you know, birder guides, because people birding is a hobby that's been around a long time. And you have a lot of people who are very into it and also financially well off. They're not at all afraid to, you know, throw out eight grand to go see a Quetzal or to go see a Horn Guan um, or a, a Mott Mott or whatever. So we're, we're hoping to, do eco tours to you know raise money for our efforts and not only raise money for our field work but also get people access to see some of these species so our costa rica trips which i'm hoping justin phil i'm, I'm hoping both of you you know might be interested in that at some point you know what we do with these is yeah you can look at a picture of a side stripe palm pit viper or a niger beardus but until you see it in person, like that's that's where it's at. Yeah. That's what's yeah, it's, it's not the and, same. It's not yeah, the same. And, yeah. And yeah. and seeing these animals in the wild, again, whether it be for recreational purposes, if I just want to look at it, see the habitat, take a photo of it, or doing something real with it, doing 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 a, a study or you know, aiding and you know, helping these things, it is the most important thing in the world to me. And I Dane, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I think at this point I could say that it's the most important thing in the world for you. And we're really good at <laughs> We're really freaking good at it. So putting the, the, the ecotourism aspect into this is something I'm really excited about because we can get people out in the field, get them that experience of showing them these amazing animals in a safe environment in a way that's it, it, it's easy for them. Everything's taken care of. You don't have to worry about getting your ride from this lodge to this lodge. You don't have to worry about like, oh, like, is this a good place to find the snakes? Like we're, we're there to make sure it's done safely and ethically to where the animals are being affected as you know little as possible too mm -hmm. um it's uh, we're, we're really excited about it and i think like from an educational standpoint when someone sees an animal in the environment they can make that connection of well it's just like it's more than just this animal it's yeah. this piece of this ecosystem and they make that connection it's it's similar to how like the crocodile hunter and his show like yeah, you can just have video. Of You're a seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, and it it just really pulls people and it's like, okay, I need to, I, I want to save this animal's home. It, it's one thing. It's like, yeah, I don't want this animal to die, but mm -hmm. saving its home too. Yeah, uh, and, really and if you, it. and if if you're driving to your your, it doesn't matter which country you're in. If you're driving to your eco lodge or your your bio station where you're going to spend a couple nights. And on the way there, you see a mountainside that's been blown to smithereens for copper. 
or you see a forest that's been cut down for palm oil, it, it, it's real. It's one thing to, again, it's one thing to see a photo of an animal, but once you see the, the habitat destruction, it, it clicks and it's real. And along with giving people a fun experience and showing them these animals in the wild, you know, we're, we, you're going to see that stuff too. And when you get home from one of these eco tours, like you'll have a better understanding of why it is we do what we do and you might be more willing to help out with that stuff. Or if, or if it's not us, there's plenty of other organizations out there that are doing great work that you can write a check to. Uh, Mike's, you mentioned Mike earlier. Mike's awesome. I love Mike. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. He's hilarious. Uh, but Herb Conservation International, mm -hmm. write them a check. Orient Society, right here in the United States. If you're more interested in stuff that's right here in your backyard, Orient Society is right there. Write them a check. Um, you know, or or at least, you know, share a Facebook post or something so, so people can see this stuff. But yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. it, it's an all-encompassing experience we're, we're trying to give people i think for a lot of people it's you know we just recently talked to we had brent on the show for the i don't know bajillion the time uh from venom life gear and we we did the snakes and stogies raffle last month well month before last would have been february and we raised i don't know what i don't even remember what it was it wasn't a ton 60 bucks yeah and so we were i was kind of disappointed I was like i don't know how much this is going to help but he yep. actually explained that 60 bucks over in you know benin goes a long way oh yeah well so we we were able to get a w without going into the, the details too much about like the the yeah. finances yeah. or whatever I, I we were able to get a couple grants this past year along with selling quite a bit of merch um and through that, it, it wasn't a whole lot of money in the. I'm not talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was a, it was a decent chunk of change, but with that money, we were able to do a lot, <laughs> and we were able to more. You know, most importantly for the research side of things, employ a biologist to go out and do field work for us mm -hmm. for months at a time, um, along with you know help some of the local folks that were being affected by COVID and whatnot in in the this i guess this past uh summer primarily but yeah it, it's a little bit of money goes a long way and, yeah, that's, and that's, well, that's what i was getting at is like yeah. i think people you know they they think well if i donate 10 or 20 bucks you know here and there you know i don't think that's going to make much of a difference yeah but talking to I, brent made me realize like the u.s dollar is worth a good bit in most places you know yeah the uh i'm trying to remember um, hold on uh so, like, for example, we, we're this is kind of a, a project that I it's 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 under the umbrella of Highlands and Islands and all the guys are really stoked about it. But I've so far kind of been more isolated and planning it. Um, but we'll, we'll like we're going to start doing <clears throat> tours or not tours, but trips over there. And I'm going to need like Dane and, and the gang to come assist. But working in Ukraine with some vipers over there and some other species. Um, we've been writing, it's not much, but I've been writing a check for 130 bucks a month to a guy over there in Ukraine. That's a lot of, of money to someone in Ukraine. 130 bucks a month, that's a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. to, to someone in, in Central America in some of these countries. Yeah, it, that's, it, it helps. I mean, yeah, every, every little bit helps for sure. So yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the, the takeaway here is for anyone listening out there, if you're interested in herps, whether you're interested in field herping or, or herpiculture, 
or just you you you, you got a snake or two. If you got five bucks, donate it to, to someone because mm-hmm. one of these organizations out there they'll they'll be very happy to have it. Yeah. And sometimes you can get a pretty sick shirt out of it too. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good have segue. Like six or seven, but <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a good segue, Dan. Yeah, we uh, we sell. I uh, my background, along with her her herpetology, is is music. Um, so like I've tried to have artists design. Like we we all have seen like the very like kitschy kind of like herp shirt that's got like a old picture of a gecko on it, right? I want to sell merch that looks cool, right? That it, it looks like something a band would put out as merch. Um, so whenever we, we sell those products, you know, we, we try to make them look cool. Um, and yeah, if you, if you buy the shirts or the, or the masks or what have you, that helps a lot too, for, for us specifically. Um, so yeah, please, uh, yeah, go buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like personally, my biggest dilemma with buying clothing is like, man, do I get a herp shirt or a band shirt? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can mash them together, and it's like, wow, this looks like an album cover, but uh, it's herpolated and it like goes towards conservation. Like you can't really do that. So. I, I, I'm I'm too old that like I don't I don't buy like band shirts anymore. But the uh, all the oh yeah, I forgot I'm a little kid. <laughs> I know like all the Highlands and Islands merch. The nice thing about it is like when I'm putting stuff together, for example, this that I'm wearing now, I have to get test products and like I'll send test products to to the, to the gang to make sure like oh like it looks good on print. Oh, it, you know the the, the yeah. You know, the quality of the, the shirt is good and whatnot. So, like, yeah, I get a bunch of these, these things lying around. So, yeah, they become pajamas and work shirts and stuff. But, yeah, but yeah, buy, buy a shirt, guys, please. <laughs> yeah, I just started uh, doing some some volunteer work with Mike and them just for, like, some newsletter stuff. And uh, got a membership today, actually, $7 a month. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, man. Awesome, very cool. Nice. Yeah, no, Mike's he's he's such a good dude. And uh yeah, what what those guys are doing is really is really cool. I I yeah, th- those guys are awesome. And sure. I ordered one of his signature hooks, and I'm super excited about that. So Oh, I didn't even know that he had a signature. Yeah, he's got my car. Oh, yeah. you didn't see all yeah. those videos that just recently posted? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh him posting videos of him hooking like snakes on every continent. <laughs> what the hell? Dude? That's awesome. Good yeah, for it's a cool design. It's, and it's I know he, awesome. he, I saw he has a picture of, I don't know, maybe six different prototypes that they were, you know, he was working with and trying to see which one worked and which one didn't. And uh, I I mean, I already have a million hooks, but I feel like you can never have enough. So. Oh, dude, I, I have, but between like needing them for, for working, snakes in the field and having a different size for every type of carry-on bag and or checked mm-hmm. luggage bag along with like collecting old herp history stuff i have way too many snake hooks <laughs> but uh no that's, that's, cool. a, that's a lie that's a lie there's no yeah. such thing yeah <laughs> see i break too many snake hooks like on my wall right now i have eight broken snake hooks so i think it's time for me to buy a new one so i might have to hit well, mike up yeah <laughs> Jane, Jane, the uh Help me out here. The the uh, the hook that Miles had in on that Yucatan trip 
Oh god, the like car the door car piercing. Car thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Which which brand is that? I bought two shortly after I, that. Trip. I cannot remember the name of the brand, but yeah, those things are dangerous. I'm surprised they let him take that on the plane. Yeah, like you stab it into a refrigerator and just like rip the whole thing out of the ground. (laughs) I wish I could remember the brand, but it it is the strongest hook I've ever seen. And we were in Mexico, and like we we had four of us in our group. Two stayed in the car and they were cruising, and then two of us popped out and we're poking around this abandoned hotel thing. And like I had this hook, and there was concrete. And like when it when it comes to rock and natural features, by all means, don't don't destroy that stuff. That stuff's but when it comes to trash, <laughs> like yeah. literal concrete, if you break some pieces of concrete, it's 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 all it's all good. But this thing was literally it was like a sledgehammer. It was breaking the concrete, and we were pulling things out of the concrete. And it was like, what in the hell is this thing? But yeah, I those those hooks are really really nice. Um, but I, I can't remember the brand. Those things. Are well. Awesome. If just so everyone knows, if you use the code THP at checkout with Venom Life here, you get ten percent off your whole order. Yeah, so I've 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 bought a couple of their books. Those are really nice too, and I like that they do like weird weirder sizes than a lot of mm-hmm. other companies do. Um, like I like shorter hooks, for example. So I think it was their their travel one. I think yeah. they had in a, a twenty six or a twenty eight inch size. That's a really nice hook. I like that hook a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how, you know, you made it when a, when a hook company is, is, has, has your own signature snake hook. Good job, yeah. Mike. It's, Congratulations. It's, got, it's got cool features on it. It's got some reflective tape on it. So if at night you set it down somewhere and you can't find it, you know, you can shine your light and it, you can see that thing probably from a mile away. Um, awesome. you know, the hook head itself is a, is a little different, it's a little narrower. Um, so I don't know. I, like I bought it, but I, I kind of want to just keep it in my room and use it for, you know, my Jansen eye and stuff like that, that are really spazzy. And all I have are smaller hooks in there, but I also feel like I kind of have to take it with me. I want out looking around like it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean buy, buy two, buy two, man. Get two or three. There you go. Problem solved. And, and even if, even if you use the promo code THP to get your 10% off when you buy a Venom Life Gear product of all the money that you give them, Every time you order, 10% of that goes to ASF in West Africa, helping people of the most neglected tropical disease of all, snake bite. So you can buy a shirt and still help people out. You can buy a hook and still help people out. And snakes out too, you know? And that's, it's awesome. And just so that I can fangirl just a little bit, when I went to Woody's place to do the snakes, the, the, to do the building of the snake hook article, which is in I this touched, month's issue. Which is in this month's issue. This whole I show's touched, a commercial just now. 100%. <laughs> I, I touched Mike's original prototype. And <laughs> the coolest part about it was, the coolest part about it was, you know, Woody hands it to me and I'm holding it and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Look at the colors and everything. And it's beat All to hell. And right? Yeah. And, and that, that was it. He took the words out of my mouth. He's like, you see that red dirt right there? I was like, yeah. He goes, that's West Africa. And I was like, really? I'm like, I'm touching it. He goes, you see that brown dirt over there? Pretty sure that's Thailand. And I'm like, all right, nice. Yeah. It was like, it was like uh, that scene in, in uh, Saving Private Ryan when, you know, Tom Sizemore was putting the dirt in little cups and he has like dirt from Africa and Italy and Germany. And it's the same thing. It's awesome. Good stuff. 
He did a lot of, I mean, that's, that's, you can't argue that that hook was not well tested for, you know, yeah, I'm actually uh, looking at the website right now and checking it out. Like, I might have to make an impulsive purchase tonight because <laughs> it does come in 40 inch uh, long hook. I got it in a 30. Okay. So, okay. Well, if you're a tall freak like me and you need a, a pretty long walking stick, I don't know. I'm, I'm with Justin. I like, I prefer shorter hooks. We were talking about this on Snakes and Stogies the other night. Like, yeah. you know, there's just so much that goes into that. And that just, you work with enough different hooks over time. You, you kind of figure out what you, what you gravitate towards, even if it's subconsciously. Yeah. I, even for, for like, if I'm working big 40 inch vipers, I mean, yeah, having a longer 48 inch hook or something that's that's nice and it depends on entirely on, the, on the, the species and what i'm doing and where i'm at right if i'm in an area where like we're we're, we're doing snakes that are very fast um having a longer hooks probably best but like for a lot of palm vipers and you know smaller rattlesnakes yeah i'm i'm all about small hooks man that's that's me yeah definitely you don't want to use a 40 inch hook on like an eyelash wiper or something. You're gonna I've I've seen time. some back, <laughs> dude. Back when the field herb forum was still a thing, like I remember seeing some like cringy travel logs of like guys that went to Costa Rica or, or the Yucatan Peninsula, Belize, whatever, for the first time, and were finding shagalai and using like forty inch, thirty six inch hooks on these tiny little things. It's like, well, no, good for you for. Uh, you know, being being safe, especially if you don't work with venomous snakes on a regular basis. You know, if you, if you if you have to have that trophy shot of you with a snake on a on a stick, by all means, you know, you know at least be safe about it. And you know, the snake probably appreciates being a little farther from you too. But but yeah, I mean, if it's six feet above your head, like I mean, that might come in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So what's up with the? Uh, I've been on a on a. I was telling y'all in the in the chat earlier. Like I've been on a hardcore Jamaican boa kick thanks to our our buddy Nipper Reed and and Rob Stone. And we wanted to talk about the Jamaican boa thing a little bit. Yeah. So um, West Indian boas are a group of snakes that we're very interested in. Uh, again, a lot of these things they're even if in general their populations are doing well. Uh, a lot of the more isolated, you know, uh, populations of them are, you know, being a, being hit hard in some cases. So the Jamaican boa initiative, um, it, we may be evolving that to be more general to where it's, it's not so much us going to these places and doing work with them. It'll be more so like us, you know, helping to get resources to the folks that are doing work with them. So the, the Jamaican boa, Stuff so we have collaborators, collaborators in Jamaica that we've been working with, and we've just been helping them get the resources they need in this case to do nuisance animal removals um, of not just bows but crocodiles too. Uh, American crocodiles pop up in Jamaica and random places that you know the people that are living in these small towns and whatnot they might not want a crocodile in their backyard. So rather than than having the animal killed, the the folks that we're working with they'll go remove the animal and uh they're permitted through their their local governances to do so um and then along with that doing like educational outreach to because there, there's a lot of misconceptions of in with jamaica most specifically there's a lot of misconceptions that you make about these animals a lot of folks down there think they're venomous so mm -hmm. just by like having you know taking a boa 
to a to a school or whatnot and showing people like, hey, see, it's it's all good. It's not venomous. In fact, it's gonna leave you alone yeah. if you Just leave it alone. Python. Right, yeah, it's right. it, you know these things are very important. Um, and you know if we can learn a little more about the animals along the way, that's great. But we we might be expanding. You know, rather than than focusing just on the Jamaican boas, we might be focusing on some of the other Calabothras, West Indian boas, um, maybe doing some stuff with with Arnatus in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, we're 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 still kind of discussing what what direction we're going to take that initiative in, um, and that's kind of the. I, I guess if I didn't do a good job of explaining it earlier, we have different initiatives. So we have our Guatemalan pit viper conservation initiative, which the, the flagship species for that is the RFR. And then we have the, the Jamaican boa and, and uh, crocodile initiative, which again, the e easy enough there, the, the flagship species of the crocodile and the boa. And then we have some other things here and there that we're, we're working on. And then we have the small grants program, but uh, the, the Jamaican boa initiative, we, we might be restructuring that a bit to try to make a bigger impact for more species and you know as as we have meetings about that and talk to our collaborators we'll you know we'll share that here and there with mm -hmm. social media and whatnot but uh but yeah there's there's a lot to be done with those snakes in in general um i was the, working on the uh, so nipper who's in the uk uh he has a, a decent sized collection of of jamaicans um and do, doing working on the layout for his article, I was I was doing on some some research myself and looking at the you know their range, and I think there was a semi recent map, maybe in like twenty fourteen or twenty seventeen that was put out, and it's like super splotchy just in terms of like very spread out, yeah. not consistent. And yeah, and and again, the, a lot of that may just be right that the work's not being done. Um, where it, some of the, the so for example there's a region that's kind of in northwest north central jamaica that is very well known for the boas and it's it's hard to go to a cave there and not see one mm -hmm. but in some of the other places who knows who knows what's going on with them so again you know the the more we know the the better we are equipped to help you know give these things more of a chance and there there's been quite a bit um, it's been done in Jamaica with boas in some of these populations. Um, and there's been quite a few publications and manuscripts put out there by herpetologists, both Jamaican and, and you know, international folks collaborating with Jamaicans. So we, we know quite a bit about them, but, you know, e even if we can, we can help to disseminate some of these local misconceptions about them, that they're venomous or they're, they're going to eat, eat my kid or, you know, what have you, the, the more education that we can help with, the better. And if, if that means, you know, helping someone get the resources they need to do more of these uh, education things, that's great. If it means, you know, helping folks down there get the resources they need to do nuisance animal removals or, and, and a lot of times, and this isn't just Jamaica, this is all, this is here in where I live in the Midwest and it's where Dane lives, it's where you, it's, it's all over the world. Where if, if you go to remove an animal from someone's home, if they're scared of it, just by showing up and showing them, like, it's it's nothing to be scared of. Like, it's, it's you know, reiterating to them the fact that we all know this, and this is very common sense to us because we're, we're all herp guys and really into right. herps, that, yeah, snakes are way more scared of you than you are of them. 
that is an alien concept to the vast majority of the world. So by showing up and, you know, just, yeah, by picking up a snake, a lot of time that's all it takes to, for someone to be like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, that, that snake can show up in my chicken coop every now and then. I don't want it to eat my chickens, but if it shows up on top, I'm not scared of it. I can get a stick and poke it away. And that right there, that is the groundwork of conservation is getting people to not take a shovel to a snake's head. And that's that's universal. That, that mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if that's in the highlands of Western Asia with rock vipers or snakes right here in the United States. Getting people that live with these animals to realize that, you know, for the most part, if you leave it alone, you're not going to have a hard time. It's all good. In some areas of the world, of course, that, you know, if you have to walk outside to get to get water and you step on a bothrops, you're not going to have a good time. In areas of Africa, same deal. Yeah, of course, you know, I I wish that the, the old trope of if you don't mess with a snake, you're not going to get bit. For the most part, yeah, it works. But at the same time, a lot of these people that are working, that are living with these animals, stuff happens and they get bit. Yeah. And it, it sucks for everybody because that, that snake certainly didn't want to waste its venom on a human's foot. And, you know, people's lives are ruined by getting, you know, it's like you were saying with, with being such a, you know, unknown tropical disease it's it's really unfortunate but for the vast majority of especially non-venomous snakes we can show people don't be afraid of it it's you know it's 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 easy and it's it's all good it's all love that's awesome and just going back to the west indian boas for a minute uh i actually have a very good friend of mine who's zoo field uh she's worked with everything from marine mammals and big cats and mostly reptiles because she's a herbert heart she uh recently quit the zoo field temporarily to go work in private sector on these private resort islands in West Indies. And there's live-in staff, and now she's part of that live-in staff, and there's rumored to be several different species of boa there. So I'm going to put her in touch with you guys, and you guys are going to swap notes. Yeah, so, absolutely. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Do you, with, yeah. If it's uh, confidential information, we can talk later, but do you know which islands – She's or which um, general area she's in? I believe it's governed by the Bahamas, but I'm not quite sure. The Bahamas, oh yeah, the Bahamas. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's. So, yeah, but I, uh, I, she she's been she's been very busy, and she she sends me messages on WhatsApp, and you know sends me pictures of the crystal blue water and all the stuff that she's working with. But um, she tells me she's like I go out every night. And every afternoon, and she's got like a little golf cart, and she drives it on the beach, just looking for boas. And so far, no luck. But I, I have a feeling she's going to make a breakthrough. So no, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I've, I've spent some time in Bimini, and uh, it's that's kind of uh, I, I'd worked with West Indian boas in in herpetoculture. but like getting on on those islands and like seeing, oh, okay, there's there's a boa that lives here on this little chunk of sand and there's crystal clear blue water right over there where there's hammerhead sharks. It's just, it's, it's, it's cool. Right. It's, it's really oh, yeah. cool. And yeah, no, that's awesome. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to chat it up with her and yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know how you survived Bimini. I don't know what it is about the Jamaicans, though, man. Like, I, I've seen them before over the years, and I've always kind of been like, yeah, it's another Epicrates. I mean, they're not Epicrates anymore, but uh, 
I still call them that every now and then. It just comes out. I, I mean, like, I'll, people will correct me. Well, actually, it's not. I, I know it's not Epiphanies anymore. It's it's an old thing. But yeah, no, J- Jamaica bows. They're they're awesome. Man. They're they're the full package. Their their natural history is really cool and interesting. Their habitat is really cool and interesting, and they're beautiful. They're just even, even yeah. an ugly Jamaican boa that doesn't have much much orange or yellow on it is a phenomenal snake. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, when it comes to snakes, you know, I like, I like snakes. It doesn't, I like all snakes, but so I, I'm not hard to impress, I guess, but they're, they're, they're really cool snakes. Man. They're really cool. I just, I feel like the Jamaicans specifically, I feel like they're the Bolins of the Caribbean. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. Totally see that. yeah like, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare, seldomly seen, you know, really not a lot of data known about them with the exception of a lot of, you know, in captivity stuff and they're gorgeous, you know, for sure. And, and like some of the, some of the gracilis are really pretty. Um, and, but I mean, yeah, Jamaicans are, they're exceptional. Puerto, Puerto Rican bows. I like Puerto Rican bows a lot and it's hilarious that they're, they're Latin name essentially means not pretty. It's in or not. It's, it's it's like oh, that's kind of mean. Like, ew. well, and you gotta compare yourself to Jamaicans. I mean, right <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of of all the 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 big islands in the Caribbean, though, of the, of the four big ones, like they they kind of got the the crappy end of the stick. Like whoever described, I can't remember who described them, but that was you know. That's apparently, they didn't like them. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> apparently, they just been back from cockpit country in Jamaica and seen a bright orange Jamaican bow and they're like, oh, this thing's trash. What are you trying to do? <laughs> now, with, 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 with any of the West Indian stuff, uh, you guys ever work with some of the like the pit vipers out there? Like I know uh, I know Jim was, oh yeah. And like Jim was doing like some of the St. Lucian bothrops and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Some of the bothrops on Martinique. Yeah, so so Caribbean, so the 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 St. Lucians and the Martinique landsheds. We're we're not doing anything with those. I would absolutely love to eventually. Whether that means like we help with something there, or even just I would like to recreationally go to those places and see those animals for sure. I, I like both rocks a lot, especially weird, you know, island endemic species in general. So it's it's a perfect combination for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the the Saint Lucians and the Martiniques, those are those are amazing animals, man. They're they're really cool. I'd love to see those in person someday in the field, right? Um, and I my my brother is a is a big sailboat guy. He'll he'll pop on a sailboat and be out on the ocean for weeks at a time. And him and I like kind of throw these ideas back and forth with each other, like oh if we could fly into this country and you know rent a boat for a while and pop over to here, pop over to there. Um, and then my, my, my other love is, is, is marine stuff. I love sharks and eels and whatnot. So like being able to just like that, I think that's kind of where the, the, the Caribbean herpetology thing is, it's so cool to me because you can spend your day, even if you're just doing like a recreational trip, you can spend your day out snorkeling or scuba diving, looking at sharks and eels and, you know, reefs and whatnot. And then spend your night looking for snakes, yeah. And then and then drink loggers and eat conch fritters. Listen to you know, Jerry Buffett. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Critters and conch fritters. It's the next podcast. <laughs> I love it. 
That's that's the next uh, Jimmy Buffett album is Critters and Kong Critters, I think. Yeah. So what's what's the status with Cuba? Like what as far as like people going and doing research on stuff like that in Cuba, is there like a bunch of is that a process in itself? Um because I know Jeff Lem was doing eco tours and stuff there at one point. I, I don't know if those got axed with the, the political stuff. With, or, yeah, or with all the political stuff, it's it, even when stuff kind of opened up under the Obama administration, it was still really hard. It was mm-hmm. still really hard. Pe- people who were going down there, I, I have friends and colleagues that were doing stuff down there and they were getting equipment confiscated and whatnot and being held oh. up in the airport. So even when it kind of opened up a bit, it was still tough. Um, I'm not, I, I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on now, but I have a feeling it's it's kind of just shut. Along with COVID and the, the you know, re, regaining from this last administration, it's it's kind of stuck for mm-hmm. now, I, I believe. I could, I could be totally wrong there. I'm, I'm not involved in any stuff going on in Cuba. Um, I would love to go to Cuba eventually. I, I kind of just want to go everywhere, but I would love to go to Cuba and just see some of the stuff there. Um, and for a while it was looking really good, just like Iran. Iran was, was looking great. Um, but it, 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 it's shut down for now. And hopefully some of these places will open up again in the future and allow for researchers, biologists, or even just tourists to get in and, you know, see what it's all about. Yeah. I was going to bring it up earlier, but when you were talking about Ukraine and, and Turkey and stuff, and I just noticed for those you guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but on our screen we each have our name there, and Justin says Radii, and I was that's Monte Vipera, right? Yeah, so that's my. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love Palm Vipers. Um, I, I I love Palm Vipers. I love neotropical species. I love Caribbean herpetology, um, but kind of my my main interest and in what I'm the most interested in is old world vipers. Um, and Monty Viper Ratty is the Armenian viper, um, and I've I've done quite a bit of work with those. Not not involved with with this stuff with my with my day job, and uh, yeah, they're they're amazing snakes, man. They're they're that's cool, man. They're 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 a little god for sure. They're a yeah. And everything about those snakes is I I'm absolutely enamored with them, and not and not just Ratty, all of the the Monty Vipera. And you know, Viper from that region of the world. It's such a dynamic and interesting place from a biological standpoint, from a biogeographical standpoint, and even from a political and historical standpoint. It's it's so incredibly fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that that corner of the world. It's my, it's, my favorites will always be Kaznakovi. They're they're amazing snakes, man. They're they're so cool looking. If, if you're talking about a snake with the full package. Kaznikovi and Daniki are are where it is at. They are, I I love those things. I love I, I love them. Their habitat is amazing. Their natural history is amazing. Even just like superficially, just staring at them. They're even the ugliest Kaznikovi that's that's mostly black. That's a hell of a snake. Especially when you when you if you can get a photo of you know up close to its face, they're amazing. They're they're awesome. Um, yeah, e- e- that whole region of the world has so many amazing species of herp and and other animals too i mean in northern iran and southern armenia for example and then the neighboring regions of azerbaijan and whatnot there's there's leopards down there there's syrian brown bears down there there's striped hyenas down there 
um, further into Iran, there's cheetahs. I mean, not just Turks, that whole region of the world. There's a reason that. So I, I had a botanist at one point tell me that they had been studying plants in the Caucasian mountains in Georgia and plants in the Congo. And per square hectare or whatever, in some of these mountain ranges in Georgia, you find more species of plant than you do in the rainforest in the Congo. Wow. That's unbelievable. So it's, yeah, that, that region is, is very special to me for sure. But I, I could do an entire another podcast on that at some other point, because once I, once I start talking about the, the Caucasus mountains, I don't show up. So <laughs> <laughs> Dane knows Dane's been stuck in a car with me for way too long where I just won't shut up about, yeah, the, 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 these Alba Cornuta, uh, the, are, are no longer considered a valid subspecies of ratty and blah, blah, blah. The, the Zagros Mountains and the, the Zanjan Valley and Dan's just like, dude, shut up. I don't care about rock vipers. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, do I need to run to a gas station and grab a six-pack for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Once, That's once, good. once we, we do a, a I'll, I'll, I'll get you over there and you'll, yeah. I, I want to do a, 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 a trip with, with my buddies that's, like that region of the world and also like Europe, like France and Austria, see Amadites and walls. Oh yeah. Now you feel like you can't go to Europe and not try and find Amadites and see that's, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I I would like to do Europe for, you know, I, I want to like England, for example, I want to go to the natural history museums. in England. I want to see where Charles Darwin grew up, stuff like that. But for the most part, when it comes to, to Europe, I don't care about anything other than going and finding an Aspis or an Amadites or a Walzer Eye. Like, that's all I care about. I just want to see vipers. We had an article on that not that long ago, too. I missed that. How did I miss that? That was actually the one issue that that got really overlooked. I think it's because it had a salamander on the cover, and no one seems to give a shit about salamanders. That's the best thing I've ever heard. I love that cover. Did it have the Lycia salamandra on the cover of it? Yeah, it was the only issue that's had a salamander on the cover. Okay. It was Herping yeah, yeah, Italy. Yeah, I, yeah. What's that? It was it was an article on Herping Italy, but they were looking for for Walzer Eye uh, in particular. Gotcha. I mean, maybe I did see it. I'm just yeah, no, very cool, man. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know if uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Justin, but someone in my research lab is uh, doing research on vipers out in Europe, and I'm gonna try to be like, hey, like. Need some help out there, because yeah. <laughs> which which species are they doing? That's awesome, man. Uh, I mean, they're doing uh, several, but I think the last conversation I had with there was something in Czechoslovakia or something like that. Oh hell yeah, very cool. And, no, um, awesome, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll dive into it later. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, cool. I I haven't talked to her like, hey, how like secret or, or is your research? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't you, know. You haven't how. dived into it like, hey, like, can I go with you or like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, because like COVID's kind of like put a halt on that at the moment. Um, so I haven't like pushed it on the idea hey, yet. Po- but po- popular opinion COVID sucks, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take a bold stance and uh, agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had it, it sucked. I had it too, man. Yeah. I had it too. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, Dane, Dane and me had it at the same time. And even though we were on opposite sides of the country, we were like, yeah, it was real cool. Texting with each other, like, this sucks. That feels so bad. <laughs> How do you feel today? Yeah. It's um, like, hey, are you tasting things? Or... <laughs> I was, I was able to taste the entire time. I just, 
I, the entire time I was sick, I, I didn't feel too bad. It was after that, like, some of the stuff started to hit me. And I was like, oh, this is kind of scary. But I just I, couldn't breathe. If I got up to do oh, anything, really, I could yeah, not breathe. Yeah. Really? Just yeah, gasping I, for air. There's a video on YouTube when I was doing a live. I was bored. I was like, I might as well clean snakes or something. And so I streamed it. And it's just like 10 minutes of me just hacking up a lung, trying to like change out some Aspen in a Baird's tub or something. And I just, <laughs> oh, man. I just yeah, left it up there. It's horrible. It took me like a whole week to clean my collection. It <laughs> normally takes like only a couple hours. Uh, but yeah, and then my doctor was like, hey, uh, you might not want to like do any like strenuous activity for a couple months. Like, they don't mention that it's like lifting months. a loaf of bread counts as yeah. strenuous activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm hoping that you know the the vaccine rollout. I, I I'm hoping the world opens back up again soon because it's you know a, along with just for selfish reasons of like I want to go travel and look at snakes. It's just it's been super you know along with people's lives being ruined by financially and you know losing loved ones and whatnot. It's it's hitting wildlife hard too because if if organizations that rely on monetary support aren't getting the money they need to help with conservation efforts it's 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 not good for anybody so i'm i'm hoping that you know the the, the world in general not just wildlife conservation but everything I'm, I'm hoping with these vaccines getting rolled out and whatnot will get closer and closer to normalcy as as the days and weeks and months go by and hopefully we'll 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 get there collectively and you know a year from now we'll we'll be in a much better place so yeah hopefully we won't have to reschedule another costa rica trip (laughs) that 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 hurt really bad yeah yeah so we we were going to do a trip back in february but it it wasn't a good call It, it it wasn't it didn't make sense to and this was an eco tour so like we had customers lined up and i with good conscience, could not put those folks on a plane and take them to Costa Rica. When if if you were to get sick while you're down there, you've got to self isolate your trip through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to not to mention, it's just it's you know when when you're just it's one thing to just go on a trip with your buddies and whatnot, and if, if something happens, then you know it's on you. But when you're responsible for folks, you know who are trusting you to make sure they have a good trip and see cool animals and have a cool experience and, and have a safe time in good conscience we we couldn't do it so so we called it off and we rescheduled for this upcoming december so i'm going to be double booked I, i've got one in december then we've got another one in january that's going to basically be the, the the same format of four different locations um and which which is going to be awesome for me because like i'm going to be in uh in, in what mike pingleton refers to as a trip sandwich where i'm going to go out of the country for two weeks come back for a little bit and then pop back down for another two weeks so but yeah that's so, yeah, another thing i don't know how y'all do it man just the logistics of scheduling everything getting everyone in the same place at the same time and the the, the most important thing for me personally is a wife who's very understanding <laughs> that's, <laughs> that that's helps the a most lot. important yeah. part She's my, my wife is, is amazing to the point where she, if I haven't gone on, 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 on whether a field, like a, a, a actual trip for studying animals or just a recreational going out to photograph stuff, if it's been a, a few weeks or a few months 
and I haven't gone anywhere, she'll be like, okay, you need to go on a trip. You need to get away from it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care what we need to do. I'll, I'll take care of the animals and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of everything. You need to get away from it. Um, that's the most important thing for me to, to, to do this type of stuff is, is my wife is awesome and she's very supportive. Um, and Dane is just a psychopath and lives like a trash person. Uh, <laughs> 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 <even possible>. <laughs> <laughs> Dane will sleep in a car for days at a time just so he can find find snakes and he will so what uh, you're saying is he's a real herbert dane's a real herbert yeah, i mean I'm, enough I'm, caffeine and enough like, gas station food and i'm good to go um, I, I i can't sleep in a car anymore i can't do it dude i'm too old i i i need a bed or a hammock or at least some type of you know not a, a car seat that's reclining back um no dane there's a reason why dane and our and our and our buddy miles and the gang, but Dane and Miles in particular, these guys, I, I love them because if I'm starting to get tired or fatigued or whatnot, they're the ones that are, okay, well, like you do you. And if you want to sit for 20 minutes or so, that's fine. But we're going to go climb this mountain and then climb a tree. Later, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, Dane, Dane and, and, and our friend Miles, who, who also helps with Islands and Islands, they're, they're exceptional field herbers. They're, Along with being exceptional biologists and ecologists, they are really, really good at finding snakes, and more importantly, really, really good at being sleep deprived and exhausted, but still going at it like, like, like psychopaths. So, yeah, it's and that lifestyle, man. To, oh, to be young again. Yeah, flashback to Miles and I in Mexico, sleeping on a dirt road and just eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, I mean, if, well, that's if and, 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 and I, I, I would like to think it's reciprocated. I like to go on trips with you guys because you guys are go 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 go, and I feel like you guys like to go with me because every now and then I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna pay a hundred bucks and we're getting a hotel tonight. We're getting air conditioning beds tonight. Yeah, like we'll be like, oh, like I don't know, Justin. We don't really need that, but in our head, we're like looking at each other, like, oh, thank God, we're back in the. <laughs> Back in the AC, we can. This is this yeah. is five star resort right now with AC. Like, <laughs> I, and it, when it when it comes to like to, to feel like I've stayed at the most bare bones bio preserves and bio bio stations rather, and just backwoods camping and you know in in Peruvian Amazon and, and you know what I, I've I've been in in the in the typical what you're imagining of like, I have a tent and a place where I, I warm my food or I have a, a hammock on a tree and hopefully the bullet ants don't get to me. But I, I, if, if, if I can, if it's there, like if we're in an area and we're, we're 20 minutes from a little hostel or a small family run hotel and there's air conditioning, even if the air conditioning doesn't work good and there's a bed. And even if the, the sheets are dirty, it's just it's it's I would rather be well rested and in a good head state to be in the field the next day and get six or seven hours of sleep in, in a cool environment with a real bed because the next day I'm gonna be able to to be refreshed and actually find mm -hmm. something actually. If I'm sleeping on a on a pile of dirt, 
yeah, I, you know, you get enough caffeine in me, we'll make it work. But you know, I'm, I, I, I mess my body up enough when I was younger that I, it, the older I get, I, I just can't do it. But again, that's why I bring Dan and Miles with me because they're. <laughs> I mean, he, he does have a fair point there because, I mean, shortly after that same Mexico trip. Uh, we got we stopped for a snake in the road, and we didn't even get to identify it because halfway to walking to it, Miles had to stop and throw up on the side of the road. That's just how Mexico works, though. The, the sickest Ooh. I ever I've ever been was that uh, was that Yucatan Peninsula trip. And yeah, when, like, I was, I was fine while we were there, but once we got home, I had such a bad GI bug the, the the like i had to go to the doctors i couldn't yeah. i couldn't not you know crap or puke every 10 to 15 minutes it was it, it was it was scary it was the point where like i my eyes were sunken in and like i looked like a like a damn corpse um and again that's and that's, and that's you, not what's that that's that's why you bring a bottle of panic here and just do a shot every other day yeah and your malaria well, pills i i took cipro on every trip i ever go on i bring cipro and i think I don't know what happened, but I think whatever I had was was either so strong that the Cipro just didn't do anything, or I took too much Cipro maybe, and that made my gut bacteria do the opposite to where it couldn't keep anything up. I have no idea. But and and that wasn't like I I've been to other parts of Mexico and Central America and had zero issues at all. If if you don't, our gringo stomachs are so pathetic for. Real water, <laughs> food that typically we we All get the extra sick. lead and mercury. We're not prepared for it, <laughs> but but like on, on that particular trip, I was doing something really stupid, and I was petting every every stray dog we found. I was going up and petting every oh, dog, man. every yeah, and that's that's why I messed up because I was and these poor dogs are out there and they'll they eat whatever they can out of the trash and in most in in most of Central America, you you put your toilet tissue in your in your trash. So that who who knows what the dog dogs were messing in, and then I touched the dog, and then I, you know, didn't wash my hands properly because uh, again that was a very that was me being stupid. You can go to most people that go to Mexico, whether it be for like herp trips or just like going on vacation, they're totally fine. You just you 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 drink bottled water, and you you don't do stupid stuff like pet every literally every stray dog that you see. <laughs> so yeah, don't yeah, they, don't they, do that. They looked it. You go. Anywhere, don't pet, don't pet the dogs. Just throw them food from a distance. Don't don't pet them though. They uh, they look at you a little funny when you're using a life straw at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I I have life straws that I take on every international trip with me, and even like some you know trips here in the U.S. Right now, I'm going to be like out in the mountains or whatever. Um, I have yet to use one though. It, it's always been like a backup plan B. I I normally I. On, on all the trips that we do, I, I'm referred to as trip dad, trip daddy, because I always bring way too much stuff. And then once we get to the location, I buy way too much stuff. Like if we need four gallons of water for two days, I'll buy eight gallons of water and we have way too much water. But that's it's better to have too much. I was going to say that. Just seems smart. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. If, if we need eight cases of beer, I buy nine cases of beer because, you know, you got to be prepared. That's, that's just smart. That's just smart. Right. Big, big brain time. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you, the, the worst I ever did was I did uh, I did five days on a, a ecological survey in outside of Tucson. And 
you know, I brought everything accordingly. The, the, the people I was with were, were trusting herpers and like, we were, we'd never heard that area before, but I forgot that I'm so used to being in Florida and the Southeast that like, I'll sleep in the dirt. I don't care. Well, there is no dirt. It's all stone and yeah. rock. Yeah. So like yeah. here I am, like I, I pulled like floor mats out of the van and like I'm sleeping on like floor mats because it's like yeah. every inch of my body is just being poked with rocks. Yeah. So I, I know like now wherever I'm traveling to an arid location, like bedroll is a must. <laughs> For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, they make them now where they're so small. You could just roll it up to the size of a fruit roll up. And then plop it out and blow it up real quick. Yeah, they're they're awesome, man. They're they're definitely and I, yeah, no, I I, I love those things. They're those and hammocks. Some of those, um, what's the brand? I've got the sticker on my laptop. Hold on, you know, you know, brand hammocks. They're so small. If you can find two posts in the ground or two sturdy, you know, I, I'm not advocating for people to go put hammocks on trees and destroy. You know, or, or injure trees, but if you can do it responsibly and safely where it's good for you and good for the trees, by all means, go for it. But they're so small. I, I take one of those most places I go because you, you never know, like, yeah, I might need this for a night. You know, I might get sick and tired of sleeping on the ground and, and need it. Or, you know, oh, the, the, the bio station didn't work out. I need this thing. Or, oh, the hotel I booked seems kind of sketchy. Or, you know, and, and in some cases, in some of these countries, Booking a booking a hotel in the United States is easy, right? You book the hotel, you can show up at that hotel at two o'clock in the morning after you've been herping since you know the sunset, and there's going to be someone at the front desk, and you walk in, you you know, you get your key and you go to your room. And a lot of the in in different countries, that's not the case. If you you yeah. can like, but even if if you're lucky enough that you can book it online, by the time you get there at two o'clock in the morning, the door's locked. No one's there. You're not getting a room. So that was on, on another Mexico trip. We, the same thing happened. Like we were driving around for hours, just trying to find a place to sleep. And uh, like, I, that was kind of the first trip that I was like, I'm too old to be sleeping in the car, especially in a, in a different country. We're getting a hotel. Like, I don't care if we have to drive until five o'clock in the morning, just so we can sleep. That's for four or five hours. <laughs> well, is it is it any easier now with like Airbnbs being so popular and prevalent? If you if you like book a place and then show up during the day and yeah. get everything taken care of, yeah, you can go. You can come and go as you please. But if you book something and you don't go and have that interaction with them at a reasonable hour of the day when normal people are awake, you, you, yeah, you're not gonna have a good time. Um, and that's like the again the. Uh, you know, just another self plug, but our, our eco tours. So for right now, we're just doing eco tours to Costa Rica. In the future, we're hoping to work with our, our buddies in Guatemala and get some eco tours figured out for down there and get people down there. Cause there's, there's so many, you know, along with diehard field, her lifelister guys, just general hobbyists. They, they want to, they want to go to Guatemala. There's a lot of really cool stuff. There. And then we're hoping to maybe do some stuff in the Caribbean and, and, you know, we, we've got some other ideas for that. But these eco tours, the whole point behind them is folks like me and Dane and the rest of our crew, we know what it's like to do field work and to, to do field herp trips where you're going, going, going crazy. Just you want to see the species, you want to see the species. We know what that's like. We're not doing that 
to our customers and to our clients that are wanting to go with us. We are, we are providing a very relaxed and comfortable setting for folks. So like the one trip that we have coming up in December to Costa Rica, the, the first place that we're staying at, it's got a nice pool, air conditioning inside and Wi-Fi, and we're going to have two field vehicles. So if we have folks that don't want to go out herping for that night, if they would rather just get some rest, hang out by the pool, have a beer or two, check their work email or whatever, that's an option. You can do that. Um, yeah, it's still, all the, it's still a vacation. Ex exactly. Exactly. We, we want people to get out of this whatever they want. And if that means they go herping for a few hours during the day and they go to sleep at 9 o'clock every night, that's great. That's, that's an option. You can do that. Um, if you want to go crazy and sleep two hours a night, that's why Dane is there. <laughs> that's why I bring Dane. Yeah. But yeah, and we, we have all of these, we're, we're staying at very comfortable, for the most part, eco lodges that cater to, to folks who are into birding. Um, but the, the food is great. There's no issue of like, oh, what am I going to eat tonight? No, you have three meals a day. You have nothing to worry about. Um, no bread. What's that? So no bread. No bread. Yeah. Well, if you want bread, I mean, yeah. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Air conditioning, you get air conditioning. With the exception of, of one of the places we're going to, there's no air conditioning. But you're at a high enough elevation. It's You don't really need it. Um, mm -hmm. And not to mention the, the, the bio station – it's it or the eco lodge rather all the the cabins have their in central america they do a really really good job of putting the the screens in places to where they get the maximum amount of airflow yeah so even if it's warm outside once you're like in your bed the airflow it's it's great and it, it feels you know i i like to be there's a reason i like montane habitats because i like it when it's cool um so even at some of these like upper elevation rainforests where it's it's still pretty pretty soupy and hot during the day and night, there's enough airflow. It feels great. So, so yeah, if, any, if anyone is interested in joining us on some of our eco tours, I'm not trying to scare anyone away with some of the horror stories. We 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 are very bougie when it comes to those, but we also we're we're not we're staying at very nice places that have great herping on grounds. So we can go out, you know, from your from your lodge or hotel room, we can go out and find snakes. Um, but they're not the the nicest of the nice to where it's very expensive. We we try to keep them cheaper. So happy that medium. Way, what's that? So it's a happy medium. It's, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of folks that are, you know, you don't want to pay eight grand for eleven days. Two grand, that's doable, right? You can, you know, most people can do that. Um, and you know that's enough money to where the the lodging and the transportation and all that that's paid for. Plus, we make a little bit of money for our field programs. And then, for, in the sake of for for Costa Rica, for example, I don't. We're not doing anything in Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. It's there's a reason so many people go there because it's it's the full package. It's easy from an infrastructure standpoint for ecotourism. And it yeah. has the habitats and the species diversity that that make it off the off the chart. There's so much cool stuff in Costa Rica, but our organization, Highlands and Islands, is not doing anything in Costa Rica other than 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 doing trips down there. And we're working with local guides and biologists, and we're paying them 
to to help us to, to you know get in access to some of these places and whatnot. So in, in that aspect, we're kind of helping the local economy. But more importantly, because we're not doing anything there, I don't want to show up somewhere and then take the money we make from those trips and then funnel it back in our stuff. So we are donating proceeds from like our Costa Rica trips to projects in Costa Rica. There's a Bushmaster conservation project that's working on the, the Atlantic, Atlantic side of the country. So we're, we're going to be, don't, I, I still need to, you know, iron out some of the details, but we're going to be donating money to that project. So yeah, you're, you're, we're not doing stuff in Costa Rica, but every customer we have, every client we have that's going to Costa Rica with us, part of their fee that they pay, it's, it's going to in-country conservation research for a really cool species of pearl. Plus, you know, it, it's reassuring to people that want to do this, that when they show up at the facility, their tour guide isn't a shirtless guy with a Noriega tattoo and a Vespa. You know, <laughs> it's like peace of mind, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's easy. Us as gringos to talk to, you know, folks here in the United States. It, a lot of people want to go to Costa Rica, but to, to get on a, a trip that's already planned for down there, it's, it's, it's a bit intimidating or expensive or whatnot. So it's easier just to talk to us here in the U.S. And then not only do we have experience in that country finding animals, lots of experience, but we're working with local guys down there that we trust and know very well and who are friends of ours. So it's 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 a perfect situation for everybody. And not and not just Costa Rica. If we if we start doing these in other areas, um, you know, one of one of our main collaborators in Guatemala, he does eco tours. He that's that's his whole you know, one of his his deals is he he takes people out to see species. So it, it it's easy enough for us to work with him and you know get this stuff taken care of. But uh, it's yeah, it's 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 really exciting. And uh, if anyone out there listening is interested in jumping on one of these trips, they're they're the cheapest eco tours to these destinations that you will be able to find, along with with guys who are some world class field herpers and herpetologists. And it's all towards a good cost. So feel free to get in touch, and you know we'd we'd love to have you on board for January. Uh, 2022 for Costa Rica, and then in the future, hopefully some other destinations as well. And let me let me just ask real quick. Uh, I know some people that went on some trips where they didn't know anyone; they had no contact down there. It was all you know booked for an eco tour, right? And a couple of them were herpers, and I don't want to say that. I mean, for obvious reasons in terms of liability and, and you know, danger factor and stuff in terms of knowing the terrain, knowing the species, uh, how hands-on can people get with some of these groups and tours that you're doing? Because, like, I had friends that went to Costa Rica and they couldn't get within six feet of the animal because of liability issues. Is there it, anything it like that? It depends entirely on the location. And when I say location, not just the location of the country, but, like, where you're at in the country um, because there, there are local laws that like you, you know, we, we have to abide by the locals have to abide by, we have to abide by them too. Um, but no, like when it comes to, I, I think with the, the agreement that, that folks have for our tours, it's, it's stated clearly that for the sake of being safe, no one's going to handle venomous snakes. Um, if someone has experience with venomous snakes previously, we can discuss it. You know, it, we, we can discuss it beforehand and like, you know, 
make sure we're all in agreement that like, you know, yeah, I, if, if someone's been working venomous snakes for 30 years and they, they really want that trophy photo of them with a palm pit viper at the end of a hook, I don't see a problem with that. It's minimally stressful for the animal. Um, it's, it's an amazing experience for them. Not to mention like they, they want that. They came all this way for that. You know, so it, it, it kind of depends, but in, no, we're, we're not going to keep people six feet away from a pupping snake or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a, like I, a, I, right. I don't cuddle the Jaguar, you know, in Costa Rica, they're, they're, they have their own specific laws regarding wildlife. Um, and in some places, in, in most places you, you can't touch stuff. Um, so I mean, yeah, we, we we obviously are going to take into effect the the local laws, um, but w- within reason, and you know, still make sure people are having a great time. And the nice thing about a lot of these species is you don't need to touch it for a great photo op. Like yeah. eyelash vipers, they sit there, and you can get a great photo of this thing without messing with it at all. All the photos I have right, of right. eyelash vipers in Costa Rica, I've not even really messed with them. I wasn't trying to say that people are just going to start juggling Sippo snakes. You know, I just stories where people were like ex- expecting what you guys are offering and it just wasn't the case. It was no. like, yeah, look at that no. toucan. Don't go to the edge of the sidewalk. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Okay. And, and, it's, and with, with some of the places in Costa Rica, with, with the national parks, for example, so like Manuel Antonio National Park, it's an amazing place. It's a very cool habitat. But it is a very well-known spot for, for eco-tourists to go. So the laws there are very, they're, they're understandably very uptight about people messing with animals because there's so many people that go through there. And to the point where you, the last thing we should be doing is negatively impacting these animals. Yeah, um, of course. So yeah, in some places it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it depends entirely on the thing, but no, we're, we're not going to tell people like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a dark frog 12 feet over there. I hope you got a good telephoto lift. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now, Dane, what do you have any say? thoughts on that, dude? Does that make sense? Am yeah, I, I mean, you know, the people that would be coming on our trips, I mean, they'd be very involved. And I'd, if a Herbert goes on it, they're not going to be disappointed. Like, they're not going to be like, damn, we weren't able to do anything. Um, Excellent. Yeah, but we're also not going to be like harassing yeah, wildlife. Go grab like, that, mad go people. Grab that yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a. Yeah, a situation like that, um, where like, because cool. you, you don't want to upset uh, people, and right. you obviously don't want to stress out the animal. Um, we want the reasons like, I want to go down there so bad is just for the dart frogs. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, with a dart frog, like, yeah, we're not gonna be like, oh, yeah, get your telephoto yeah. lens out. Like, you can get like nice macro shots, and uh, that won't be a problem. Um, I also think I also think it's pretty awesome that you guys are legitimate researchers, biologists, ecologists, where. There's so many people that take uh, a vacation. Let's just use Costa Rica because it's on the topic. They go to Costa Rica. They stay in a normal resort. They ask the resort, hey, can I walk around the property? And they think they're just going to go herping. And it's more urban than they expected. And there isn't a lot of, you know, reptiles around. Mm-hmm. But on your trips, you're dealing with legitimate field herpers who are vastly experienced with both the area as well as the animals and species. And who better to 
point out stuff than the people, the boots on the ground legitimately. You know, it's great. Well, it's also, yeah. It also gives you guys a second set of, you know, well, not a second set, but multiple other pairs of eyes. And if there's something in particular that you guys, someone sees that is in, of interest to you guys, then it's kind of benefits too. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even even those of us that are, you know, we're, we're good at finding stuff, like we, you know, we miss stuff sometimes. I, I take my wife out on lots of hikes and whatnot, and she'll see stuff that I totally miss because it's it, it's a different set of eyes at a different level and you know they're you know my and my wife will flip really tiny little things of wood that I would never bother to flip and she'll find really cool stuff by flipping things that I would look at and be like no there's not gonna be anything under that so yeah no for sure for sure um and I like the, the Costa Rica so we're we're I we've been putting a lot of emphasis on those just because those are the trips that we have coming up and the Costa Rica trips are a good baseline of getting these going because again, Costa Rica has the infrastructure. It's, it's easy. Costa Rica is a very easy place to take people and show them animals in a safe setting, in an easy setting. Um, but you know, we, we would like to do other places, but as far as Costa Rica goes, we, we do four, we'll be doing four locations. Uh, we'll be doing the, the dry coastal forest in the Guancasta area, Liberia area. Um, and we'll be looking for, uh, Central American rattlesnakes, you know, tropical rattlesnakes are chronosimus. Uh, we're going to be doing a, uh, a boat excursion where we're going to be looking for sea snakes for a day and then like snorkeling as well. So maybe some cool fish and reef stuff. Uh, two days in cloud forest looking for side stripe pump pit vipers and potentially uh, black speckled pump pit vipers and agravirtus. Um, and that's the true nagravirtus. Nagravirtus got split up into two species. The, the, Animals that live in the Talmanca Mountains are a different species than the, the Nagarbeerus now. Those are Nebwesters. Um, and then two two days, or three days rather, in a rainforest area. Um, that's more, there's a lot of folks that go there. There's a lot of ecologists and stuff, but it still has a lot of really cool diversity. And then three days in a very remote area that unless you're going specifically to get out into the middle of nowhere you're you would never go here because it's out in the middle of nowhere but it's it's it has a lot of really cool species so um yeah we're we're, we're excited about those and we're, we're excited to, to show people these animals that we care so much about and get them in the field because uh, again even if you're a novice when it comes to herb stuff or you're more interested in the 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 captive the herbiculture side of things but you're interested in seeing animals in the wild getting out with guys that are diehard and like really really into this it's it, 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 it rubs off and you can see oh like that's how you do that that's how you do that and it's you know it's a good situation for everybody we're really excited about it love it yeah awesome, and for, awesome. For, 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 you, for you guys at, at the herbert culture network we'll give you the friends and family discount if you guys are interested and it would be you know it'd be great to get you guys down there we'd love to have you yeah, we had we, we talked about it previously, and I I talked to my wife about it, and I think I got the green light, so we gotta I gotta figure that out. Yeah, let me let me That's know, man. We'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me let me know, man. We'll we'll uh yeah we'll we'll get it figured out. I'd love to have you on January if you can make that work. Same goes for you, Phil. If you can make I it work, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I'll ask the infamous question. That's a double-edged sword to the professionals who have extensively herbed Central America. Are there Palamas on the Caribbean side? Um, so, man, I wish I had it. Dane, do you, do, before I go off on another tangent and don't shut up, do you have any thoughts on that, Dane? 
Uh, I'm going to say no, but I am not all knowing. So there may have been something you guys know that I don't. So but, I just uh, I know recently recently somebody said they saw one uh, off the coast of Curacao, and it turned out to be a dead moray eel on a beach. So. <laughs> So that was I was expecting to say like banana peel or something because I feel like that's what I always hear. Like, oh my god, there's yeah, definitely yeah. that back there. You tr- whip the car around yeah. as a banana peel. I'm very interested in those things. Um, probably not as obsessed as Mike Clarkson, yeah. but uh, I am a big fan, and I, I have like a, a small wall in our upstairs area where I have some artwork and things framed of, of yellow-bellied sea snakes. And I have an old, um, I think it's a Scientific American magazine that I have like framed from the 1960s, 1950s or 1960s. And the article on the cover, it has a really cool like uh, illustration of a planus. And then the article inside talks about how they were curious if with the creation of the Panama Canal, if these things were going to be able to somehow get to the Atlantic side and they, they were all terrified that, Oh, there might be an invasion of these highly venomous sea snakes. And whatnot. But uh, <laughs> whether or not that's the case, I cannot imagine that is in fact the case. What I'm way more interested in is some of these mangrove water snakes that are being, that are popping up in areas of uh, coastal Mexico. That's really interesting to me. There's, there's different. I, about I believe, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Clarky compressor caught Really, they're, they're finding some in different areas. In in in, uh, I can't remember, Dane. If if I'm, I can't remember if it's Veracruz or Tamaulipas or where they're finding these things. But an area is very very far away from where they're known to occur. Um, and like the occasion, like yeah, the, the, that's how these things happen. Things, a hurricane comes through and winds yeah, animals to mm-hmm. the other side of the ocean. It it ha- it's happened numerous times throughout the history of our planet. But that's very interesting that these populations are starting to pop up and who knows, maybe they've been around for a lot longer. Um, I, I might very well be very ignorant on the topic and that it may have been cleared up and it turns out it was something completely different, but photos of what looks to be mangrove salt marsh water snakes have been popping up in areas of Mexico where they're not known to occur. So what's that? I said, I live in Florida and I can't find one. <laughs> maybe I should go over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which which area of Florida are you in? Uh, I'm southeast, so okay. I'm, I'm I'm 25 minutes north of Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk. I'll I'll put you on something. Yeah, man, they're 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 one of my favorite things in the United States. I I have, um, I have a group here in my in my personal collection. They're they're awesome. Man. I I really like those things. Very cool. They're, they're very cool. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, recently, you uh, yeah, Dan, tell us about that. Oh, God, do I keep snakes? <laughs> uh, I mean, do you have any? Like, what are you keeping currently? Um, God, I don't know where I should start. I usually don't uh, really talk about it often because, I mean, I usually focus on field stuff. But, I mean, I have uh, I mean, everything from false water cobras, barons racers, uh, yeah, feed rattlesnakes. Uh, These are kind of people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and they're rattlesnakes from pretty much all over. Uh, I mean, I like some of the semi semi montane stuff. So I mean, there's like 
blacktails um, that are like from kind of high elevation localities. Uh, God, I'm like trying to oh, mangrove snakes, um, Arizona mountain kings. Uh, dude, dude, he is our people. Like, I was gonna say, <laughs> it's literally yeah. our people. Yeah, I was trying to just like visualize my herp room in my head. I'm like, okay, I uh, skipped. I mean, Aravakis. I, I hopped on the Western hognose train. I mean, I, I love hognoses and pretty much anything similar to that. Uh, tricolored hogs, Mexican hogs. And I mean, that's what kind of pyros? I'm missing things here and there. But um, what, uh, yeah, what, what kind of pyros you got? Uh, I mean, there are. Oh, sorry. Just looking at the image that just popped up. Okay. So I have a. They're, they're not locality. Um, yeah, I just found the first captive bred ones uh, that I could find that I just visually liked. Uh, I like the high black. Um, cool. Band ones. Yeah, man. Uh, Love the high black. Yeah. Uh, I have an Applegate one too. Just. It was. <laughs> Is that a unicorn? Yeah, I was going to say, is Justin, that, did you mean to pop that up on the screen? Or? Yeah, I, mean, I saw it earlier, and I'm like, is that a unicolor? Wait, yeah, did I do that? A, yeah. I mean, that's your name on it, like twice. How did I? <laughs> no, how did I? <laughs> no, I did that. That's on my screen. Oh, okay. I was, oh, I was like, what is happening here? What? <laughs> I was like, damn, Justin, okay, that's a, that's a flex. Yeah, cool. I was. I made the mistake of uh, putting school before fun, so I missed out on that trip. But <laughs> we'll we'll go we'll go back, Dan. I've I've got a, uh, I've gotten in with something, and that I need to talk to you about later. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, we'll 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 get you down there. We'll get you okay, down very there. cool. Awesome were we children. talking about Unicolor? Did I miss? Did I miss? I that? don't know. I was asking if oh, that, we're that's talking what about that baby was. Yeah, that's what we're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> they're they're good snakes. They're very good snakes. So I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing those in, in the wild after, you know, reading about them for so long as a kid, that was that was phenomenal, and. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we might have something in the works, um, but yeah. Okay, that's very exciting. Um, very cool. We were just that's uh, a place we I've been itching to go for a while. Oh, yeah. We were just discussing Dane's collection at home and how gotcha. it's literally all the, all the animals that we like. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a man of taste. Yeah, for sure. Legit culture and taste. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a collection that built up uh, well beyond what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I mean, I start start out with just a couple snakes, and then it turned out into being a whole room, and then started like putting in new outlets for the room so it could handle the power. Then putting in special AC units and wall heaters, and so it's yeah. it's come out pretty nice. So I can I can brewmate snakes with. With ease and uh, breed snakes pretty much every season, so that's always exciting. And um, yeah, when you produce snakes, it's it covers the rodent bill, which is nice. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know the you know what they say: the fastest way to make 
uh, a million dollars breeding snakes is starting with two million. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I mean, it's I do it because I enjoy it. So, yeah. As soon as you as soon as you pair up those wrinkles, I'll be your first customer. I'll I'll, de- I'll be sure to hit you up. Uh, I did cool them this year, so and Next. it is pretty crazy. Uh, it's a little concerning putting a snake that is so valuable to me at yeah you know like 40 degrees for three months and it's like oh god <laughs> I, but a, a lot of the, fully active a lot of the up. montane stuff yeah. i'm i'd be afraid you know I'd, I'd rather take it too cold than than too hot heat is way worse for these things than than the cold so you know if you're doing everything right at least you know, but he and Cody yeah. have a montane room and it's like 65 degrees in there. It's like the best room in the house. We, we t- joke about that all the time. Like every time we stay at P and Cody's, yeah. we're like all itching to claim the montane room because it's the most comfortable room. I've, I've got yeah. a, a cool room as well. I don't, I don't have many snakes in it, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you, you gotta, if you're keeping these things, you gotta do, do right by them. If they live somewhere where it's cooler, you, you gotta keep them cooler, especially if you're wanting to, to, reproduce them and whatnot it's 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 necessary so that's my uh when it comes to herpetoculture my kind of niche i guess is is species that are they're, they're better at cooler temperatures so i have a lot of you know thoughts on those things but yeah yeah they're that's that's where it's at though highlands right highlands and islands right. highlands. that's yes yeah so anytime there's a hamanctus photo where there's snow in the background, that's God, that's awesome, man. That's my favorite photo of a wrinkles I've ever seen. I I the most famous too, yeah. I I, I call them mountain cobras and and snow cobras because of just you know stuff like that. Um you know it's not a true cobra, but you know what I mean. But yeah, they're very Oh it's 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 a cobra. For all for for all intents and purposes, it's a freaking cobra. (laughs) And the genius heterodon yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, and Dave really asked to be like, yeah, what's up? No, no, say what you're gonna say, sir. Oh, I was just gonna dumb like how as if you mashed a hog nose in a cobra, and that's pretty much what you get. Like it plays dead, oh, yeah. it has that face, and yep, those big eyes. So I was gonna ask you though, when you cooled yours, uh, did you do a, a a daily hot spot or no? I did it this time. I want to see how it goes, and if okay. I don't have success. Um, that's a thing that I've really want to do. Just like put a halogen on a timer and yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to be moving soon. Um, so I can set myself up with a, I want to make an entire room just for species that I have to cool. So I don't even have to switch their caging around or anything. It just affect the temperature. And, uh, cause I've seen other people do that and they've had great success. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. If, if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to try to do, montane species or temperate species that's that's the way to do it is just to do it all within you know it's it's i don't know it, it's just it's such a pain in the butt to stick these things in a tub and then stick them in a different room and then like the, mm-hmm. you know it's it's so much easier to just do it all in-house in the enclosure in the you know have one room dedicated to that that's that's my personal yeah way to do it yeah yeah, because if I wasn't moving this year, I was just going to build a divider for the room and just try to cool one end of the room and keep all the species uh, from that, on that side from now on. Because now it's just pretty much just 
it's an elongated room, so I'm able to put an AC unit on one side and yeah. heater on the other, so I'm able to a keep like a warm gradient. and cool side. Right. Yeah. Um, so cooler species are close to that AC unit. and I mean, it's fine. It's not ideal. Um, I mean, I'm never going to be happy with the level of care because I'm always trying to uh, – pretty much with everyone, you're trying to make that perfect care, which, I mean, perfect isn't reality unless <laughs> – you leave that snake in the wild. Um, right. But even yeah, then, you're, like, you're doing it's the best you can. Gobbled up by a predator. It's, 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 a, it's a it's a needle that's always moving. We should always be trying to improve on our husbandry yeah. and improving the welfare of these animals. And always, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I, I'm not at all implying like, oh, like if you put a snake in a rack, that's bad. That's not at all what I'm implying. With some species, I think snake racks are fantastic. Um, but you know, yeah, we should always be trying to improve on our husbandry and on our care, and you know, making adjustments and you know, listening to science as things are learned and, and researched on, and you know, making these these changes and being you know open minded when it comes to these things, and you know, and and I, I think a lot of it speaks for itself. If you care for an animal to the best of its your ability and the best of you know the, the technology and resources are therefore you're you're gonna have more yield and reproduction you're gonna have more yield and you know your animals are gonna look better and live longer lives so yeah for sure and I think that's a perfect analogy just that, that needle trying to hit perfect yeah once um, once you're once you're happy oh I want to be here oh I want to be here I want to be here and you're always you know you're always always trying to make it better yeah yeah well, if anybody wants to get in touch, uh, where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm not great with social media, which is why my you know the the gang helps out a lot with that. We have a Facebook page, Highlands and Islands Conservatory. Just look it up in the in the Facebook search bar. Give it a like. We we don't post a whole lot of stuff. We're not trying to post something every single day. Um, you know, we, we post stuff when we think it's important and we post stuff when we, you know, if it's something that we want to bring attention to, or if it's something that we're proud of or, you know, what have you, we, that's when we post. Um, but if, if you're interested, please, by all means, give us, give us a like on Facebook. That's much appreciated. We have an Instagram, um, that our guy Saunders runs. Saunders is another gang member here at Highlands and Islands Conservatory. Um, if anyone bought the clobber eye merchandise that we put out here recently, some of the proceeds from that are going to be going towards his PhD work, working with some Montane rattlesnakes. Um, and then some of the other proceeds from that are just going to go towards general, you know, the, the, the ins and outs of, you know, the, the more boring stuff of what we do here. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, shout out to Saunders, love you, bro. Um, but yeah, Instagram Highlands Islands Conservation is the the Instagram title. I think it was too long for a proper yeah. uh, Instagram thing. So it's, it's Highlands Islands Conservation. And then if you want to get in touch with us about eco tours um, or anything like that, Highlands Islands Conservation at gmail.com. And then links to uh, like the t-shirt sales and you know whatnot that's available through the website, the Facebook, and the Instagram too. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's how you know that's how to get in touch with us. You know, feel free to add us on our 
individual Facebook profiles. Facebook is a double-edged sword. It works really great for networking and you know showing off cool snake pictures. But it's you know, also a dumpster fire. Yeah, ex exactly. Oh, I, I keep it primarily to this. My Facebook is here's a picture of my dog. Here's her stuff. That's it. I don't like. I don't even get into conversations with people about herb stuff really unless it's you know something i feel very passionate about it's it's straight up here's my dog yeah. who you know is the most important thing in the world to me and then herb stuff you know um but yeah feel free to add, add me on facebook personally if you want um and yeah yeah but but more importantly you know add, cool. add the like the page uh follow the the instagram and you know get get in touch we'd love to talk to you we'd love to you know get you on a tour or you know, just fill you in more on our mission and our efforts and, you know, these things that we care so much about. Excellent. Yeah, we need to get Billy in the gang. We need to all do a, a tour. How awesome is that? Yeah. Excellent. So, that would be a fantastic the whole trip. crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it, it, and, and like I said, we'll we'll get you guys the friends and families discount if you want to go because, A, I'd, I'd love to have you on board. And, B, like it would help us out, right, if you guys could, like, plug some – Oh, yeah. like some stuff about it and like i don't know if it'd be so so mike pingleton who's one of my favorite people in the world he he does a podcast too yeah i was just listening more, to it with it's more focused on like the Rhodes the other day what's that i was just listening to his episode with dusty Rhodes the other day because i'm a big sub guy yeah yeah awesome yeah awesome. so he, he though i don't know if you guys would be able to do it like I, I don't know how any of this works it's it's alien technology but he has like portable stuff and he can like record stuff in the field so like if you guys came to costa rica we could like you know, easily do podcasts in the field if that's something that you guys have the, you know, a, a, ability to do. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, but that we, would be we'll, very cool. Yeah, no, for for real it though, would. like I, we would love to get you guys down there. Um, have you guys done international trips before? I've been to Nassau once, and I'm never going back. You feel? <laughs> no, I've sadly never left the continent, and there's a lot of people yelling at me because. I was supposed to do some traveling and COVID put a hex to that. So yeah, the future sure. is wide and bright. Well, cool. Yeah. Get, get, yeah. Let, let us, let us know if you want to get on in the future. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll make it, we'll make it happen guys. And Costa Rica is the perfect first international trip because it's, it's, it's so easy. It's it, every, everything is, is very easy because they have so many eco tourists that come there, but it's not to the point where it's, you know, the, it's just like anywhere. There's areas where it's very touristy, and if that's your thing, that's great. There's 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 some of that. But if you're more interested in, I want to be in the jungle, looking at two cans in the morning when I drink my morning coffee, go do a night hike until two o'clock in the morning, and then go to bed with a with an imperial, the the local beer, down there. You know, like that's, you know, they have that too, and that's that's the the direction that we're going with ours. And then in the future, hopefully, some other cool places too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. We very much appreciate y'all coming on. We, for, yeah, no, we, we appreciate you giving the chance, man. Um, and I, I, I'm super grateful that you um, never give up on me. Cause I feel like for a while there, like it was like every other week, like we were yeah. trying to make it work. And I just, I, I'm, I, I've got so much stuff going on. Yeah. Man. So thank you no, so much. Fine. We're super flexible, man. Like it's, it's one of those things where I, I really wanted to have you guys on and, yeah. You know, no, I thank figured you so it, much. It, at some point we'd, we'd get it worked out. So Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And hopefully we can, like I said, hopefully we, we can do it again in the future. I, I come out to the East Coast. Off, you're North Carolina, yeah? South. 
Saco, I, I, yeah, I would love to, to come out and do an in-person one and, you know, have, have a couple smokes and, you know, put back a couple, a couple drinks and yeah, do it up, man. So awesome. Yeah. And uh, Dane, did you have any closing uh, things you'd like to add? Uh, I mean, it was great meeting you guys and I appreciate you guys having us and I'm really looking forward to you guys coming down to Costa Rica because I mean, I mean, it's just got to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's that yeah. Riga is number two on my list of places I want to go the most. It's it's second to West Texas, and that's like you, you, can, do, yeah, make, you, you can West Texas is so it's yeah, you can make that happen, man. It's a magical so place. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I got it's, invited to go with Phil and, and Rob Stone and some of those guys, but I have the Dave Matthews band tickets that my wife got for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> It's kind of hard to, to uh, put that on hold, but yeah. Texas ain't going anywhere. So, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Costa Rica doesn't have our 18 wheelers whizzing past you the entire time you're herping. So, there is that. <laughs> that, does that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And I see, it's, I'm glad I met you guys because I always, I don't want to say I poo pooed Costa Rica, but I had, I have so many herper friends that went and so many people that go there for just general tourism. And I was kind of like, man, it's going to be cliche. Everyone goes there. It's going to be the same, like, oh, look, there's a howler monkey. Oh, look, there's a frog that is from See, Cuba. See, I'm a dog frog guy, so that's, like, for <laughs> me, that's, that's the place. Yeah, but, but now, like, we know people that have a legitimate venue with legitimate experience to do some real herping, and that's that's the difference, you know? Not that's the, the, uh, the Kenny Powers ATV tours. <laughs> In, in in the paperwork that like I send folks to fill out before we, you know, get them get them all signed up and whatnot, like one of the things that I have people fill out is is there a species in particular that you would like to see? We we obviously cannot promise it, but we'll try our hardest to make it work for you. Um, so like you know, obviously if there's if you want to see a superciliaris, we're not going to drive seven hours to not find a snake that's super rare that's not in the in the general area that we're going to be but like like the the dart frogs for example i can i can almost guarantee you that we'll get you ufega and we'll get you an arras those are those are those are somewhat easy mm -hmm. um and again like everyone that goes to costa rica they get a photo of a blue jean dart frog and they get yeah. a photo of a black and green dart frog but they're they're still there's, uh, you know, the, the first time you see them is amazing. The second time is, is amazing. It's, you know, they're, they're, and they're it's, cool. It's not in a, and it's not in a terrarium. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm good at herpetoculture, but I, seeing animals in boxes is, I, I, I want to see these animals in the wild and I want to help people see these animals in the wild. It's, it's the single most important thing in the world to me. To, to see these animals where they're supposed to be and seeing them do what they're supposed to do. Um, it's, it's everything to me. That's, that's why I live and breathe. That's why I do everything I do. That's why I make friends with the people I make friends with. Dane is in it for life. Now Dane is screwed. Wealth and luxury is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's that's that's what it's all about, man. So, and, and and again, back to the you know the Highlands and Islands mission. 
we want to make a difference. We, we have the resources to do so. We can help get the resources to do so with, you know, grant writing and, and, and you know, selling merchandise and the ecotours and whatnot. So we're, we're trying to do some good. And even if it's a little bit of good, you know, it's better than nothing. And, you yeah. know, if we can do some bigger things along the way, which, you know, we've got, I'm not at all trying to brag, but we've got quite a few feathers in our cap at this point. And it's not stopping anytime soon. It's 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 getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been phenomenal. And and everyone who takes a tour gets a goodie bag with a you know melanic kefla to take home with them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't, Listen, I didn't say that. a boy can hope. All right. <laughs> um, you're you're talking black headed bushies, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have yet to see one of those, but uh, so we're we're not going to the area where they are on these tours. But, uh, <laughs> Deal breaker, uh, they're, 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 uh, Those are those are gods here for sure. I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna see at least one of those before I die, or I'll or I'll kill myself trying. Those are that's a god. Those are those are up there for sure. They're those those are good snakes <laughs> for for. Yeah. For lack of uh, me shutting up about them, yeah, they're they're amazing. Yeah. So it's 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 the holy grail of Central America. It's oh, definitely up there. Man. They're they're it's, up, it's there up there. Sure. Yeah, it's up they're there. up there without a doubt. They, at least honorable mention without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. they're. I'm now. I'm trying to think of if there's anything that would even top that. Um, Cybon. <laughs> I want, dude. I like Simon. I like Alan Tony. They're cool. Man. They're cool. But uh, you know, I I would gladly not photograph every blunt-headed tree snake that I saw or every dude, snail sucker I, I saw. I mantides. I was obsessed with as a kid. Like I would love to see a blunt-headed just for the, the fact that I loved them as a kid. Yeah. No, they're awesome. Dude. They're they're so cool. They're so, I've I've seen them in. Three countries now, Dane. You've seen him probably in three or four at this point. Still alien to me. It does not look like it belongs here. <laughs> it, it feels like it belongs on some sci-fi movie. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, they're, they're 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 common enough that yeah, if you you we, you'll you, you see them if you go to the places where they live, you you, you see them. they're they're fairly common and they're always a treat. It's always like oh cool. One of those things, and then it's like, oh, cool, five more of those things. But yeah, for me, it's not even like even. It's kind of like Daytona. Like the show's a bonus. Like you're just there to hang out, enjoy the time. You know, you see yeah. something, you don't see something. For me, it's like yeah. whatever. Just a nice, yeah. nice trip. Yeah. I've I've only been to one of the Daytona shows, and that was I was still get in my uh, undergrad, uh, two thousand. 12 maybe i don't know it was it was it was a hell of a yeah it was it was it was crazy it was it was a interesting experience to say the least but uh that's the first time i ever saw an albino carpet python i was like these are like these what <laughs> these are things that exist okay i think yeah. it was the, I, i'm not super good with my aussie Stuff I think Darwin albino yeah. Darwin yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah those those are the ones that are it's a Darwin trait cool. yeah um, I know I know we're trying to wrap up but you guys ever see my crew when you're down there 
Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In 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 where? In anywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we've Dane take yeah Guatemala and Mexico like variable coral snakes just. It's easier to find them down there than I've had with luck uh, in Florida, yeah. yeah. If that means anything, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally haven't seen any in Costa Rica yet. I am hoping to change that this trip, um, but also haven't really spent much time looking for them in Costa Rica. Um, right. Yeah, it's also one of those things that kind of just show up. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but on the topic of Melanocephala, I mean, that would be great if we could do. Um, things in the future with that. But um, last time I was out there, I uh, destroyed a rental car. Um, so still working on that. <laughs> nice. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really a tough area to hurt. I love it. So, um, yeah, that's – it's a great place. And it's a big target for me, um, as it is with every other herper who's picked up a – a field guide for central america (laughs) obviously like and i I say when it happens because again i'm gonna see one in the field before i die uh it's gonna happen somehow but but that's a species obviously i'm gonna take a photo of it but that's a species that's the kind of species i could just be there see the thing for two minutes and just stare at it and walk away and, and be totally satisfied knowing that I got to share the same air in the same earth with that animal for just a moment and just walk away and just, you know, obviously that's not, obviously I'm going to take a picture of it and, you know, with, within reason and not stress the thing out. But yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's a God tier animal for sure. That's a holy, that's a holy, holy snake for sure. Yeah. Awesome. 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 All righty y'all. Well, this definitely will not be the last episode, I'm sure. Um, you know, you guys always have an open invitation. Um, Thank you so much, man. I, I was yeah. I was hoping uh, again. My my schedule is so chaotic. Um, I was hoping that we could, you know, do these, you know, do do some more of these, and like hopefully we'll get some of the other crew in, you know, and you know swap out me with you know Sandy or Miles or swap out Dane with you know, one of the other guys, but, uh, but yeah, no, thank, thank you so much for having us. We, we really appreciate it. And to everyone out there listening, if you've made it this far, Holy crap, we've made two hours. Yeah. So if you're still listening at the two hour and 13 minute mark, um, yeah, check us out on, on, on the interwebs and, uh, yeah. Thank you so much guys. We appreciate it. We really do. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I'm glad I decided not to do Florida today. So. <laughs> yeah, do, doing this from your from your laptop is a little easier than uh, doing yeah, it was, on the road. I'm assuming. Yeah, I was going to be in a Waffle House doing this. So, <laughs> wait, where in Florida? Uh, I, I'm going to head down there tomorrow, but um, going to try uh, Ocala National Forest that area. Um, just a quick rocket run trip. Cool, man. Good shit. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more comfortable to do something like this from, uh, you know, my, my living room or bedroom than some Waffle House with somebody yelling in the background about, like, a pecan pie or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's getting to be witching hour at a Waffle House, too. There's all kinds of funny stuff that happens after, you know, 11 o'clock, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Waffle House. Yeah. 
God, I love Waffle House. The only entertainment you'll need after midnight. But all right, y'all. We will talk to you again. Have a good evening, everybody. Steve Snakeshuary, MP Cages and Exotics, uh, Herpeticulture Magazine, the Herpeticulture Network. We'll see y'all Monday night old. for Snakes and Stogies 71. 71? Yeah. So. I'm going to do a impromptu unboxing video. Of oh, a I thought you were going to say road cruising again. No, you want me to? No. Bro, listen. <laughs> Once the weather improves, it's going to be monumental. Okay? okay. I'm going to find that leucistic cotton mouth, and the world will just drop their jaw. Live. Sure. sure. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Good night, guys. Thank you. Good night.